what really gets my dick hard is Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And back for the uh, the third episode of the Detroit Trilogy is... Paul Moak, our friend Paul Moak. Oh, you're supposed to announce yourself like when we did it on the part that we deleted. Uh, we deleted that. Paul Moak. That's right. Uh, I'd like to say a special welcome to Paul Moak. <laughs> Hello, Paul. <laughs> Can we go through all of them? Uh, yeah, I don't think the whole What's cast up, is... What's brother, Paul? <laughs> Whoa, was that Becky back there? Oh my God, Paul. It's Paul's so good hair. To see He's so you. cute. I just got some fro, yo. You want some? No, but Turner does. <laughs> Turner Duck. <laughs> it's, it is an honor to be here as Turner Duckworth. Well, can we make it quick? Because I need some vig- I have vegan taco to eat. <laughs> Are we missing anybody? Paul Paul. Oh, Paul. Well, we're tickled to death to have our good friend, Mr. Paul Loco, to show. <laughs> Dude, I'm honored. Man, the whole everyone's gang is here, here for you. Yeah, yeah. We're, everyone's here, man. We're back from Detroit, and we were going to yeah. sit down and talk about our experience uh, seeing the Mighty Metallica at uh, Comerica Park. Is that what it was called? Yeah, where the uh, Detroit Tigers play. If you've listened to our last two episodes, you heard our Ask Us Anything, which was quite a hoot. Quite. To record. It was, yeah. It, it, maybe a little dangerous on my part. I was driving, but yeah. at least I wasn't reading off the, the sheets of paper. You ever wondered what it sounds like to listen to Metal Up Your Podcast at 80 miles an hour? It sounds pretty much the same as any episode. Yeah, just a little more background noise. A little more background noise. And somehow Hulk Hogan kept getting in the car. <laughs> kept throwing him out that window, but he shot back in He somehow. did, man. It's the power of the Hulkster. That's those 24-inch pythons. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll, I'll be able to do that and you not know, laugh afterwards. You know wrestling's fake, right? It's still real to me, yeah. damn it. It's still real to me. So he didn't actually get back in the car. Right. Yeah, we we scripted it. We scripted it. Yeah, and we uh, wrote we wrote him back in the car. I I'm gonna go ahead and be honest. He doesn't actually exist in, in our car with us. So spoiler alert. We'll do the housekeeping stuff. We have our pit contest. We're at 91 reviews. Dude, we're so close to wow. shutting the hell up about this. When we get to 100, we will. I don't think we'll stop saying go leave us a review, but we'll stop hammering it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the winners. So if you don't know what it is, a pit contest is, and I don't know why we call it the pit contest because it's not just picks anymore. But yeah, patches. We send you some free Metal Up Your Podcast merch. Uh, the, the next two weeks, it's going to be a koozie or some stickers because we are out of the picks. They wiped us out in old Detroit. Man, they were, uh, I wouldn't say greedy. There were a few greedy ones that came up like, <laughs> hey, just take one. Can I have five? You know, but, Can uh, I have 17 more? The picks are a hot commodity, man. Yeah. So we'll, uh, here are our two winners. If you hear your name, you send us an email. Our email address is show. Oh man, God. wow, man! Wow, is metal this a up new, your show. Did you start a new one? Uh, sorry, that's my other podcast. Metal up your podcast show at gmail at gmail Sorry, so send us that email. Put the caption "pick contest" in the subject, and uh, we will send you the stuff. And you put your address also. We're gonna need that in order to send you the. I think thing. we will. Yeah. The winners this week are DS Bill and Bad Wobot. Bad Wobot. <laughs> it's a cool name. Yeah, I guess it's pretty I, cool. I like it. I grew up with a speech impediment. Uh, oh, I still have it, actually. I have a lisp because my tongue is too big for my head. I think it's sexy. So uh, I went to speech therapy the first five years of elementary school, and really? they ended up just graduating me because my problem is physical, not mental. Oh, okay. And, uh, but I was in... Are you sure your problem's not mental? <laughs> well, that one single problem is physical, not mental. <laughs> but there was several 
people came in and out of the class who pronounced all their R's as W's. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, that's like, you know, like little toddlers, you know, yeah. kind of do that thing, it's cute and adorable, but then if you're doing yeah. that as an adult. The good news for them is that they walked out of there cured, I walked out of there with the same deform <laughs> deformity of which I walked in. <laughs> hey man, I think it's adorable. Thank you. It's it's part of you, and, and I'm, I'm not going to... Those are our weekly pick contest winners. <laughs> I don't know that thinks- I've ever, like... Heard it. That's the other the thing is when I point it out to people, then they see it. They then don't they see notice. it until I do it. I'm pigeon toed, and when I point it out to people, then they're like, "Oh yeah, oh my god, look at that toe! Wait, look what at is that pigeon freak!" It's, it's when you're you're you're. It's your when you have feet. a pigeon on your toe. A pi- yeah, there's a little <laughs> pigeon that lands on my toe usually during the day. <laughs> it's crazy. It's hard to put socks on yeah. like that. Now it's when your feet uh, kind of angle inward, inward, and you huh. you kind of walk like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that. Huh. I also went to therapy for it, and they tried to make me walk down a hallway with my feet like pointed outward, like super uncomfortable. They put you in a Forrest Gump leg brace no nothing nothing like that it just i went i went a couple times and they're like eh, he'll be fine they're like oh fuck it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Let him it, was <laughs> it was the 80s it was the 80s hey it's the 80s <laughs> so those are well so that was our pick contest yeah so wow send, the, send us that email and we'll send you the free stuff once we get 200 reviews we're going to quit doing that so and also because we're out of picks desperation we're going to send you koozies we have koozies stickers and a couple patches left so the, very so, few so those of you who listen every week and think ah fuck the pick contest maybe don't do that this week because there's only nine more slots yeah. all right so our socials crap are you gonna do that yeah social instagram facebook twitter you guys know where to find us just search metal up your podcast on any of those you will find us and like clint said our email is metal up your show just kidding. That'll uh, up your podcast show, gmail.com. Um, and uh, if you want to financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. We got some cool, now revised, more focused and organized tiers of things you can donate to and uh, get some cool perks. And we got some new patrons this week. Yeah, our patrons are Christian Millet, Patrick Bolger, and our friend Melody and Jay. Melody and Jay, nice. All I got to say to Melody, which her name is Susan, is it's about time. Hey, welcome. We're happy you're here. <laughs> We're just kidding. Thank you guys so much. I sent out, if uh, every one of our patrons got a letter from me today that I wrote, sort of letting you know what we have planned for you guys. We're going to do a bunch of special stuff just for the patrons. Yes. New content. Ethan and I are going to do a Metallica covers EP. You're going to have first dibs on being guests for the show, uh, access to patron-specific merch. Yep. All that stuff. So if you want to get hooked up with that, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Yeah. Slash Metal Up Your Podcast. We could have a shirt that says, I donated to Metal Up Your po- Podcast, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. All I got was this lousy vegan koozie. <laughs> vegan koozie. I didn't even think to check if our koozies were vegan. There's no meat in our koozies. <laughs> it's, um, it's cheese-free. <laughs> no animals or eggs were harmed in the making of the koozies. Oh, let's get to some emails. What do you say? I would love to. We read 10 emails an episode. We get more than that, but we try to choose 10. If you want to have your thing read on the show, just make sure it's especially funny. And flattering. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm just kidding. We sometimes read the... We read all of them. We, we do yeah. a smattering. Yep. Uh, we're going to read 10 of them. Here's our first one. It's from our friend Jason Barry. Hey, guys. It's Jason, the sword in the ass guy. Ooh, how's it going <laughs> for you, man? <laughs> this is the guy who said he laughed so hard that a sword fell out of his ass yeah. a few weeks ago. I'm glad uh, it's out of there. He says, while at work today, I listened to the AMA and Hockey Town episodes. I think at some point on the AMA episode... You guys mentioned the defunct metal up your ass artwork, and I wasn't aware that the blade was just a small knife. For some reason, my mind immediately went to a sword when I first heard about it. Thus, my I laughed so hard, the sword fell out of my ass comment. (laughs) I'm beginning to wonder if I haven't shot myself in the foot by continuing to talk about this, (laughs) and I'm in danger of becoming known as the sword in the ass guy. I mean... Uh, Well, he's definitely the sword in the ass. You prefaced this email after you said his name, 
and told the story exactly. real quick. So sorry to tell you, Jason. Now he'll never not be that guy. He can now. I'm going to give him the option to switch it to small knife in the ass guy. Yeah, dagger in the ass. A dagger in the yeah. ass. A shiv in the ass. Mm. Oh, a shiv. It's more I, than a shiv. I think it's a dagger. It's a dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says, anyway, I really enjoyed the two episodes this week. The AMA was interesting, and I found myself smiling at Paul's backseat driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. The Hockey Town episode might be one of my favorites thus far. As a longtime listener, it's been super cool to be on the journey with you guys and see how much the podcast has grown in such a short amount of time. It was great to hear from other folks who listen to the show and be able to put a voice to the name. Can't wait to see where the podcast goes, and when one of the boys is inevitably on as a guest, I'll be right there with you celebrating. Thanks again for all you do, and I can't wait for the third episode about the concert, Jason. Well, Jason, I can't wait for one of the boys to be on the on the podcast one day. We we got an email recently where someone was is convinced it's going to happen. Yeah. Um. Which hey, that I believe that was from Lars Ulrich. Yeah, Lars said I really think <laughs> I really one think of the one other three guys might happen. be on it. <laughs> Definitely not me. I just feel like those guys are so in control of every facet of their, you know, the Metallica yeah. thing that they're gonna. They're going to know about you. It'll. I, I feel like it, there is a, there's a good chance it'll be on the radar at some point. Somebody who knows them is going to be like, hey, have you heard this? Have you yeah. heard about it? There is a really solid chance that I will be playing guitar for Metallica in about six and a half weeks. <laughs> there's a really good chance that I might be Lars's drum tech. There's a really good chance that James Hetfield is my dad. <sighs> there's a good chance that Robert is my dad. <laughs> is that why you crab walk all the time? Exactly. <laughs> Is that where the pigeon toe comes from? Yeah, yeah that's where that Too comes from. I, I crab walk to get the mail every day. <laughs> My neighbors think it's weird, but it's fine. Well, um, thanks for the email, yeah, Jason. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Our next one is from our good friend Brad Blazek down in Paris, Tennessee. He starts it off by saying, Noise. Noise. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, you know what that means. Um, hey, guys, man, what a fun couple shows. You could tell how hyped you guys were by how excited you sounded recording in the car and at Hockey Town. A few things stuck out to me. Part one, in the car. I love when you guys ask what your dream guitar, and Ethan was like, I've never thought about it, and then went on to describe in perfect deal his dream guitar. You guys gave me shit for that, too. <laughs> I, lo I love that you guys had a whole busload of characters with you. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, it was great hearing from newcomers Becky and Hulk Hogan, along with old favorites Dave and Torben. I was pretty surprised by how many first-timers there were at the Detroit show. It seems like this whole tour is bringing them out. Hell, I'm one of them, but I thought I was in the minority. Um, I was surprised when that guy said he... Uh, He's almost always in the snake pit. I wondered how does he how does he do it? Uh, probably because he knows people or sneaks in. He he said, "What do he say?" It's like when you go to enough shows, they kind of you get to know people. And well, we can tell you. We'll get to the story later, but there's no sneaking in. We we uh, there's no sneaking. We'll in. tell our story <laughs> yeah, about yeah. our story. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I think when you are that uh, committed to the band, I think they notice these people that go oh, to all the sure. shows. Yeah. yeah, and I think you either get in, getting to know a tech or you get who knows. But I think yeah. they're definitely getting hooked up because they go to so many shows. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Well, Brad uh, ends the email by saying, two, uh, two great fun shows. I love Paul being this, uh, the sidekick to you guys. He's always got such a laid-back personality. Yay. Some Paul Moak love. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Laid-back. It is true. Today when we were having lunch, um, Ethan's wife, Callie, got a phone call. And while she was talking and sort of distracted, I guess she thought she was putting her hand in her cup to get ice. But she was putting her hand in Paul's cup <laughs> yeah. to get ice. And when she hung up, Paul just very chilled and said, uh, Callie, I think you... I think you just put your hand in my cup. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and Paul's pretty laid back about it. He's pretty laid uh, back. Uh, thanks, Brad. For those of you who don't remember or know, Brad Blazik is the dude who took me to the snake pit in St. Louis. Yeah, that's, yeah. Brad, Brad is family. He's family, for sure. 
Sarah Sobeck writes, Hey guys, it was awesome to finally meet you. Just finished listening to the two newest shows. I was so nervous to hear my squeaky voice on the show, but it sounded better than I expected. It was so great to be a part of it. I think she sounded fine. Oh, yeah. Also, tell Paul he's not alone. Pete slept most of the 10-hour drive home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you follow us on Instagram, we did some pretty funny uh, Instagram stories where yep. every time Paul t- took a little nap, I was filming him. You know what? Y- y'all gave me so much crap about it. I started thinking back to when I was a child, and my mom used to give me drama mean anytime we took a road trip. Wow. Just to get the kids to be quiet? Yeah. Yeah. And she said it was because I had motion sickness, but I'm a, I was a touring musician for, you know. Right. 15 years. Uh, I think it was just to put us to sleep yeah. so that my parents could that's have a amazing. conversation. I think that's what it stems from. Is you yeah. put me in the back seat and you start going down the highway. And, and it's you just associate that with, yeah. with uh, horse tranquilizers. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's it. She says, looking forward to many more shows in the future and hope to see you again soon. Even though you've been here all along, welcome to the family. You guys rock. Oh, thanks, Sarah. And thanks for sticking around and being on, being on that episode in Detroit. That was a, a pleasure to talk to you and get to uh, you know, put, a, put a name to a face. And really Sarah cool. is one of our patrons, so yep. this gives us another opportunity to say thank you so much yeah, for that. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I can't believe that her husband slept on the way back to New York. Well, honey, that was fun. Tell you what. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get some shot out real I'm quick. Gonna get some, I'll take the first nap. <laughs> I'll take the first nap. You take the first driving shit. I'll take, over I'll take the up. first 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. You take the next 10. Just uh, hit me hit me up when we get to the Brooklyn Bridge. I'll take over from there. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. We're just we're just rousting it here. Nah, Pete's cool. Pete's awesome. Um, all right, next email is from Craig uh, Moran. Uh, hey, guys. Enjoy, enjoy the podcast. I just recently fa- found the show and have been making my way through the episodes. I know you guys mentioned looking at YouTube clips all the time. I run a website that catalogs all my audio video bootleg concerts. I thought I'd share the link to the Metallica video with you. If there's ever anything you're looking for, let me know, and I can burn a copy and send it your way. And he uh, runs this uh, website called blackendtrading.net. Did you go check awesome. it out? It's pretty intense. It's awesome. He's got over 500 Metallica shows. Yeah, it's it's wow. really bitching. Uh, and he's got a lot of other bands, too. Kiss, Alice in Chains, Iron Maiden, Motley yeah. Crue. You guys could go check it out, blackendtrading.net. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, I was actually at the Philly show you reviewed. That's the one I went to. Um, it was pretty awesome. Looking forward to many more episodes in the future. Cheers. Man, Craig, thank you for that email, first of all, and thank you for linking us to Black and Trading, because it is a wealth of uh, video on there. So I guess the deal is, if you have another show, I don't know what the trading thing is like. So if you have a show, you say, hey, I've got Guns N' Roses from Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I want that lightning tour, ride the lightning tour, whatever. And then you just put DVDs in the mail, I guess. So it's free, except for postage. Yeah. I don't know. Seems cool, though. Yeah, it seems real cool. Uh, Sam Ward writes... Loving the podcast. I've literally stopped listening to every other podcast subscribe to, I subscribe to because I'm trying to consume this as quickly as possible. When you're back in town, beers at Mickey's... Oh, this is the dude who lives in Nashville. Oh, yeah, right Sam lives here. When you're back in town, beers at Mickey's for sure. Excited to hear about the Detroit show and appreciate the effort you're putting in. Safe travels and looking forward to what you guys come up with next. Thanks for what you're doing. Rock. Cool, Sam. Thanks, man. We'll yeah. have to get that together, too, because there's we got a couple listeners that live here. Phil yep. Rister, yep. one of them. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. There's a there's a few people that in, you're kind of in Middle Tennessee. Uh, Brad obviously is down in Paris, Tennessee, uh, and Blake, that Blake Talica dude. Yeah, he's in Chattanooga, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. It'd be cool to have some kind of uh, national meetup at some point. They can all just spend the night here at your house. Yeah, that sounds that sounds perfect. They could sleep upstairs above the studio where it's like a million degrees. <laughs> just kidding. Thanks, Sam Ward. You can cuddle with me. <laughs> uh, next email is from Dan Murphy. He says, "Yo, yo." Uh, thanks for the podcast. It is awesome. Living in Eagle Hawk, Victoria, Australia. Wow. That's New Jersey, I think. 
Yeah, it's yeah, around New, there. That's yeah. New Jersey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Eagle Hawk of Victoria, Australia, New Jersey. And it uh, felt a bit removed from the greatest band in, in the history of music. However, um, I then discovered the podcast. I found it one week ago, and I'm already up to episode 20. Cannot wait to get up to date about another, uh, about another week or so. I also cannot wait for the Four Horsemen to announce tour dates for Australia. Keep up the great work. Cheers from Dan. Do you think, since he started his email with Yo-Yo, do you think he was writing to, a letter to Yo-Yo Ma? And it somehow redirected. Oh, it might have forwarded. That'll look your podcast show at gmail.com. What, yeah, what, yeah, it probably forwarded our email address. I wonder if him and Yo Yo Ma are like Metallica fans and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I think Yo Yo has his own uh, Metallica podcast. Oh, sick. I would love to check you that out. You know what? We'll forward this on over to Yo Yo. Yo Talica. <laughs> Yo Talica. <laughs> Thanks, Dan Murphy from New Jersey. Uh,. Oh, he, he has a PS here. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's on, it's on, it's on the next page. P.S. I'm looking for passion fruit vodka in Australia. I'll let you know how I go. <laughs> uh, I will say I've been to Australia a few times, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that you don't get down there that we have here uh, in the beer and liquor department. And well, if, It sounds like also in the Metallica department. <laughs> exactly. And uh, if they do get it, it's the, it, it's imported, obviously, so it's so expensive. Like a six-pack of Corona down there, which Australians love. Is I can't remember. He can probably correct me, but it's something like eighteen dollars. Whoa, it's crazy. Well, I don't know if we can help him, but I do feel confident that Yo-Yo Ma can pull some strings for him. Yo-Yo Ma can literally pull some strings. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where, that's where we need the little horn. Yeah. Woo! Uh, that was good. Uh, was it a penny whistle? <laughs> that was good. Uh, the passion fruit vodka thing. We had our one fun night with it, but we've never quite dipped back into that. Hey, man, M- might be time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nuno Custodia writes, Hello, Clinton Ethan. <laughs> is everything okay with the show? The next episode is not up yet, and, well, I'm starting to get a bit scared. Do you know when the next show will appear? <laughs> Greetings from Portugal, Nuno Custodia. So we missed a week last week because we were getting everything ready for the show. Yeah. Here's the deal. If you go follow us on Instagram or Twitter or, I guess, Facebook, <clears throat> we, you would have gotten the update that we're not doing a show that week. So no need to be scared. Yeah. If we were going to end this thing, we would have a proper announcement about it. You're never going to see it just disappear. No. Uh, so if, if if you follow us on that stuff, it's just a way for you to keep up with what's happening yeah. in the news. Yeah, but we we I, I feel we kind of made it up uh, for the, the lost week and released two episodes this past Monday. Absolutely. So, can. all right. Our next email is from uh, TJ Mower, our friend TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to... Uh, uh, gosh, I can't talk today. I've listened to the start... Of the, li- uh, the Live from Detroit episode, as the first guest on the show and the first walkover guest ever in the history of Metal Up Your Podcast, I got to say it sounded great. He says, he got to say I sounded great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did, TJ. He you did sounded sound awesome. Great. Yeah. He jumped right in there, too. I was proud of him. Yeah, that was awesome. I feel as though I did a fantastic job and that we had a good chemistry together. And I, and I, uh, and I sound way more together than I thought I would. I normally hate uh, my recorded voice, but on the show, it was fine. After meeting you dudes, my opinion of you guys just being regular guys shooting the shit about Metallica and being a couple dudes I could totally hang out with is completely reinforced. I got to say, I set the par- bar pretty high, and I feel like I need to make some, uh, some more appearances on the show in the future. You got to do more of these walk-ons, call-ins, and I need to be in as many of them as possible. Nice. <laughs> nice. 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 Damn it. See, it's here now. That's a new thing. Uh, TJ uh, finishes by saying, uh, in all seriousness, I was very happy to meet you guys and happy to see you guys got there. We got there early so I could see, hear your show. And when I got there, nobody knew what I was talking about. I searched the place twice to find you guys. Uh, I'm really glad you guys made it. Um, basically, what he's saying is we, we we ran a little late, hit some traffic. We weren't there at the time. We said we we're going to be there. So, uh, But he says, uh, you know, anytime you come back to Detroit on your trip, um, HMU? 
Hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up for some beers and drinkage. Hit me up before you go-go. Hit me up before you drink. Hit me up before you yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, thanks for the email, man. I, and you are correct. You did a fantastic job. He did do great. And yeah. he was the first, He was, like we said, he was the first dude that sort of bravely walked up. Because yeah. while we were setting up, a bunch of people came up. And then when we got those microphones cooking, people got a little, little scared. They got a little nervous, yeah. There was a collective sigh of relief as soon as he walked up to the table. Like, he just yeah. takes that one brave one. Yeah, yeah, man, you broke the ice, TJ. And TJ's also a patron, so thanks again for that. Speaking, of, so he wants to he says he wants to come on the show again. One of the tiers of uh, the different levels that you can donate to the patron thing is you can get first priority when we start doing call-ins, first yeah. priority on the emails being read. There's even stuff where you can uh, d- decide what we talk about. So. Yeah. Go check that out. Uh, thanks, TJ. Our next one is from Metallica Anger 18. So cool getting to hang and talk with you guys for a bit in Detroit. It was really fun. Hopefully, you get to do some more of these on-site episodes soon, uh, perhaps during the 2018 arena shows, or get it set up for listeners to call in, and I get to say what's up and thank you guys in person again. I'll be following and listening as long as you two keep going. Oh, well, That's nice. We're going to go as long as we can. There's no end in sight. I'll say that. And obviously, us being on the road isn't a hindrance to us uh, delivering with episodes. We just did that for six weeks straight while I was in Europe. So um, we're making it happen. I want this thing to go for a long time, as much as you do. I'm thinking minimum six more months. I'm <laughs> thinking minimum this episode and then maybe a hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe a 37-year hiatus. Like, I think this episode is kind of our death magnetic. We're going to go away for a while. And then we'll come back with something awesome like Hardwired. Yeah. Good idea. All right, next email is from Joe Caps, 1988. I feel like I need to take notes and remind myself what I want to comment on. Great episodes. Thanks for reading my questions. I'm really digging the two new sidekicks, Hulk and Nerdy Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) Vegan Ethan. Nerdy Ethan. Vegan Vegan Ethan. Um, Paul has some good jokes on these episodes, too. Without a doubt, is my favorite guest you've had. Insert comedy horn. Uh Out of all the ones Side note. (laughs) Yeah, side note. Paul is the only guest we've had. (laughs) In case you didn't get the comedy horn. Um, I also, I blame Ethan for this, but I looked up Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot band. I'll never be able to unhear that. <laughs> you are welcome, my friend. Uh, I feel like if you play, if, if you play on that album, play that album straight through and then play St. Anger, you'll find a new appreciation for Sweet Amber and maybe even Invisible Kid. Wow. Mm. You guys got to hear this. I'm telling you, man, it's something special. Maybe I can insert a, a clip of it right here. There you go. You've just heard a little you bit of Hulk Hogan in the wrestling <laughs> boot band. Sounds great, brother. <laughs> you like the shit I did on that record? I tracked the hell out of it, man. <laughs> I tracked the hell out of it, man. What is that? Come on, Hulk. He's, he's doing like studio lingo from 1980. Never. Yeah, he totally is. Okay. Could be the hottest record of '85. <laughs> <laughs> I can't open this window over here. Oh, get out of here, <laughs> brother. brother! Brother! Speaking of that, brother. the steel curtain, right? So glad the Hulk can make it, even if Clint did throw him out of the window. That's <laughs> true. The Hulk stays, dude. Yeah, I think Hulk is going to stay, guys. All right, all right. Um, 
You want to tell you, you want, did you want to get this last one? You're going to do this one and then I'm going to do one after. That's right. We have, we got a transition coming. That's what we call it in the business. <laughs> in the biz? <laughs> in the biz, bro. All right. This is from our friend Tom over at Alpha Metallica. If you haven't been listening to that, it's an awesome Metallica podcast that he started maybe a few months after ours, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey guys, over the past few days, I've been gorging on your two and, uh, on your two. I think he means on the two, the two episodes. episodes. Yeah. Okay. I've been gorging on, on your two episodes and really enjoying both editions. Um, the, the concert stall one, the, the most was the most purely because of how experimental and interesting it was. I really admire the fact that you, that you just set up and went with it, um, with any cringe bits, uh, still being endearing on your part and so many great exchanges. Cheers, Tom. Very um, cool. yeah, Tom's a, a, a good friend of the podcast now. And speaking of his podcast, Clint has some news for you guys. Yeah, we actually, Ethan and I have recorded episodes, uh, as guests on Tom's podcast. If you don't know what it is called Alpha Metallica, and he's going through every uh, song alphabetically, and usually with the guests. Yeah. So we're going to be on the next two episodes. He's in the Bs already. Yep. I'm doing Better Than You, which was an interesting convo because Tom does not like Better Than yeah. You. Yeah. Mm. We, we, we briefly mentioned it. that on my episode, <clears throat> yeah. So, and I will, I will say this about, I didn't tell him when we recorded the episode, I wish I did, but his fearlessness about being honest about what he doesn't like, in my opinion completely legitimizes his podcast oh yeah. agreed i totally agree he's not just an ass kisser he'll t- you'll hear it he'll tell you what he doesn't like about oh yeah it. so it was fun here so we kind of sparred back and forth over better than you neither of us were convincing but then you get to hear ethan's episode the next week which is blackened yeah and blackened. you get to hear them both just talk about how much they love that song yeah we kind of geeked out on that one because that is i mean as i as i listened on our top 10 songs episode that is my number one favorite and it's my song. number two and uh and it's one of tom's favorites as well so we had a blast talking about that song so you're going to get both flavors. Yep, that's right. What Did you guys get to choose the, yeah. the songs? Yeah, yeah. you guys choose. I think Clint, it was Clint's idea to basically, why don't we do them back to back? Yeah. Um, yeah, it worked out good. So stay tuned for that. Go to wherever you follow us on whatever crap you follow us on. Go look up Alpha Metallica and uh, you'll see me and Ethan. You're going to get some more Ethan and Clint sauce. That's right, yeah. Next Monday. Some sauce to dip your pizza in. Because he releases his uh, on Monday as well. So thanks to Tom for the email. Yeah, and I think at, at some point in the future, we'll probably have Tom on, on an episode for as sure. well, just to uh, kind of exchange, exchange the favor and uh, have, will. have him in the uh, Metal Up Your Podcast family. Our last email, we just got this while we were at lunch before we started recording. It's from our friend Dina Lindemann. What Dina's been doing, I think she's an accountant. So she's okay. been making this massive tour spreadsheet with all the songs. Wow. Oh, sort of cool. like keeping up with what they're playing, how often they're playing, the rotating songs and all that. So she writes and says... Clinton, Ethan, hello. This has been updated for Detroit and the recent Canadian dates. She sort of every, when they do two weeks on and two weeks off, she sends me an update of the spreadsheet. When they finish the U.S. tour and go to Europe, I'm going to share it like on all of our socials so they can kind of see a metric of where they played. It's pretty cool. Um, She said, Darth and I have noticed that they only played Harvester of Sorrow and Sanitarium in the eight and nine slots at indoor venues and festivals. Interesting. Otherwise, those are not really rotating slots. Interesting. I was wondering why you guys referred to there being three rotating slots when there are five, but in reality, only four, 10 and 16 are truly rotating for the most venues. My head hurts. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) hmm. Are you like a a mathematician or something? What is that? Rotating slot. (laughs) That's like kind of a combination of Vegan Ethan and Pawpaw. Yeah. It kind of was. Why you got a rotating slot on your egg? (laughs) She says, I enjoyed the two Detroit podcast episodes very much. The line looks like pizza, tastes like a football. Almost made me drive my car off the road. I laughed so hard. <laughs> Metallica Newbie and number nerd Dina. Oh, that's awesome. Dina, thank you. What yeah. she's doing would literally put me in an insane asylum if I had to do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. My wife likes to do that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, she's done it for us with yeah, stats she, and stuff like that. 
when we did the uh, rank all their records, yeah, yeah. she took all of that raw information and made a pie chart. M- made it make sense to talk about. Crazy. Yeah. I really don't know how she did it. That's how dumb I am. <laughs> I'm not sure. Was it sorcery? <laughs> <laughs> she had a Jenga. Did I marry a, a witch? She had a Ouija board. Yeah. She had a Jenga. Game she had a, a cauldron board. in she front of her. She just had a Ouija guitar, the Kurt's guitar. <laughs> she had Kurt's yeah. Ouija guitar that yeah. she was moving stuff around. There was around. a bubbling cauldron behind her. Yeah. And just a black cat, like, kind of with the arch back, <laughs> just hanging There's out. a broken mirror somewhere yeah. in there. Definitely a broken mirror, yeah. Well, those were our hundred, e- I felt like we read a hundred emails Yeah, that seemed time. to take a while. But, well, we did We did get on a couple tangents there, so. If you uh, if you want to email us and have your thing read on the show, send us an email to metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. Yep, correct. And we might read it. Even if we don't read it, we do actually physically read them all, and we yeah. respond to them all. So, we like hearing from you all. Let us know what you think and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, let's get into Detroit. Let's. We got to read this. We've done this with the Philly show that I went to. We did it at the St. Louis show that Clint went to, and now it's time to recap the show in Detroit that the three of us got to go to. Because, in addition to what you've heard, some pretty fun stuff happened when we got yeah. to the venue. So, oh yeah. So we met at the butt crack of dawn. It was still dark outside when we met at Paul's house. Yep. What four thirty? Four forty five. Four forty five at Paul Mook's house, and his dress is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post it on our socials. Is how yeah, you yeah. Paul's house. You guys go by there and say hi. He'll record you for free and stuff. And then we hit the road. Yeah, we started driving. We got in my 97 Forerunner, which is where we recorded the, how many the episode. Mi- and tell the people how many miles are on that thing. My Forerunner uh, has 330-ish thousand miles on it, and it runs like a champ. I it bought, did great. Yeah, yeah bought it, it off my neighbor about a year ago for $500, and it's in great condition, too. It's not like a piece of junk. But when you're making a 16-hour round-trip drive, that's not the number one, That's not the number it, you're looking for it's in not the, the Yeah, department. it's not yeah. the number one choice, but I, I've driven that thing to <clears throat> Dallas, Texas, and then uh, a few months back down to the Gulf Coast and with no issues. My mechanics are like in love with the thing. They always offer me money for it, so I know it's a good car. That's how I know it's, it's good because it's like an anomaly. Ah, uh, it's a forerunner. It's a that that there's what we call an American car. <laughs> Let me tell you something about the forerunner, brother. <laughs> the late nineties were a good year for it. Tell you what, you treat her well, you gave her oil, and you gave her a good wash, and she'll drive as long as you want her to. <laughs> we don't have these forerunners in Denmark. <laughs> What kind of car does Torben drive? What do you think? Uh, he, I think he uh, drives. He, he uh, goes on like a a, a carpet. And floats, floats around <laughs> like a genie. He just appears. He just appears. Yeah. He actually orbs places. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. He doesn't need a, need modern transportation. Does he say I disappear before? I think he does. I disappear. I disappear. <laughs> I'm going to delete myself <laughs> and then reappear in San Francisco. So we had our recording gear and we hit the road. Paul was sitting in the back. I was riding shotty shot shot, and Ethan was driving. Ethan yep. drove the entire trip. I did Impressive. drive the entire trip. It, it might be a bit of a control thing. Yeah. No, it's not really. I, I, at no point did I get tired and, and feel like I needed somebody else to drive. Uh, it was a bit weird recording the episode as the driver because I, I, I wasn't as engaged as I am like right now. Like we're all sitting in a room together. It was fun to be together, but like I had to keep my eyes on the road, and yeah. you know, which at one point I got us lost, but um, <laughs> which was silly because it's like. T- Two freeways to get there. Um, <laughs> All you do to get to Detroit is go drive up. Drive up. Yeah. <laughs> but at a certain point, you have to kind of split in after Louisville yeah. and stuff. So back off, guys. Was there a point? Well, clearly, this probably you just said it, but where you just were so into the podcast, you you like kind of realized, oh wait, that's what. Yeah, that's like exactly twenty what miles it was. have gone by. Exactly. I, I, at one point, I, I remember uh, there was a bit of a detour somewhere after that traffic, and then I, I saw that we got on the wrong freeway but it was going to be an easy switch over back to 75 and i was just so engaged with what we were doing and into recording this thing that all of a sudden i look at my map i'm like oh shit 
We were we ended up deep in the Ohio and burbs. Yeah, we were. At one point, you hear that all the background noise get quiet, and that means we got off the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look a Coles. Yeah, Coles. What does Coles even sell? I've literally never been. It's like a department a store. So what does that mean? Clothes? Yeah, like it's JC Penney. Yeah, or? it's mostly clothing. And... Dude, let me ask you this: Do they sell appliances at Coles? Do you uh, buy a refrigerator, Coles? I don't think so. I, I've never been in one. I don't think so. I'm you know what's funny perfume? about Kohl's? Okay, you know how like uh, I think it's Target or, or Walmart, they'll start selling like band shirts and stuff? Yeah, that's gotten really cool. It's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, they'll sell like legit designs. Right. And one time I was in Kohl's and I was. You're always they the sweet Kohl's. system you of down shirt. Kohl's. Dude, it was sick. No, I, I found a fucking awesome Iron Maiden shirt. I got I was this like, awesome Limp Kohl's. Biscuit shirt. Very <laughs> <laughs> people know that Limp Biscuit's one of Ethan's favorite bands. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> I just I do it all for the nookie. Um, what a terrible joke. Anyways, so we we did do a stop and uh, w- to get the gear ready, right? And then we realized we didn't really have the. What, 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 we I have basically like a power converter that you plug in like to the, like the cigarette lighter adapter, and we I, we had enough outlets for it, but the, one of the outlets for my interface or one of the adapters, I'm sorry, was going to cover up one of the out- outlets. So Paul goes inside and buys another one that's more of like a power strip. And we use saving that. The, saving the day, man. Oh, yeah, man. That's If we wouldn't have had Paul there, I mean, I think we would have just been out of luck. I was going to say, I turned in my receipt to Metal Up Your Podcast Accounting. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, cool. Yeah, you should, get, my, you should get reimbursed. They process that on the what, yeah. 13th floor? It's on the 13th floor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Of that building. So we recorded that episode. That was pretty fun. I don't think any of us really knew what to expect. We sort of, obviously, we compiled the questions. Yeah. But and you know what it did too? It, it passed, passed the, the time. time. Oh my gosh! Because it's—I mean, if mileage wise, going about seventy, seventy-five miles an hour, so it should be about a seven-hour drive. We hit traffic, got a little lost. You know, what was it, depressing it was getting done with the episode and being like, ah, and then realizing we had like two more hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But it—it it, it did. It did kill about two hours of the drive for us. Um, I'd also like to point out that on the drive up, there was a lot of fast food consumed. God, oh, I, I thought, okay, these guys have traveled. They just, Clint still travels. Like maybe they're going to pre-make some food too. I packed snacks. I made a sandwich and all this stuff. Yeah, and you then, were re- you were dadding it for I sure. I was dadding it up, man. And then all of a sudden, Paul and I just decided, what's the worst shit we could ever put into yep. the bodies that we live in? Let's yeah. eat all of that. Yeah, and we did. Yeah, for first thing in the morning, it was McDonald's breakfast. Yep. And then what was then next? Arby's. Arby's, Arby's. Arby's for lunch. Yeah. Which I went with chicken strips at Arby's. Yeah. Strong decision. <laughs> I was thinking too when you said that uh when you said that we, we had two hours left, yeah. like Paul measures that length in naps. Like yeah. <laughs> we have two hours left or seventeen micro naps. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm king of the twenty, dude. <clears throat> the twenty naps. Oh yeah. It's like right after twenty my my body's like Okay, get up. Yeah, we're good. And I just <laughs> get up. Time to get up. Your body whispers to you. Yeah. Time to get up, Paul. Get up. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. You know what? If I if I listen to my body saying time to get up, then everything's cool. Like I'm yeah. energized and ready to go. If I keep sleeping, then you're in trouble. And it's over. We're in trouble. Look for yeah. Paul Moak's first self help book. Listen to your body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I clearly didn't listen to my body because it was screaming in pain after all the fast food. Oh man, we ate the like little shit. Caesar's personal pizza. Yes, oh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that pizza. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like overall, like that drive, as long as it was, it seemed to go by fairly quick because we had obviously with the podcast to do. We we had good conversation. At one point, like I I had before we left, took like four songs from every Metallica record besides Saint Anger. And we just kind of put it on shuffle and had fun with that, talking about production of songs and stuff. And then shortly before Detroit, it started to rain a little bit, and Clint decides, because Paul's in the backseat, talking about the song Sweet Amber, and Clint decides to play DJ, yeah. starts Go, playing some St. Anger tracks. Come along with me, Paul and Ethan. Uh, done a little journey through St. Anger. 
I've been dipping into it. Well, the patron Man. saint anger was it was made an appearance in the forerunner. I mean, look, I'm not going to front. It didn't sound good. It did not sound. It, good. It, it's been <laughs> it it's been so long since I've listened to that. And then when you put that on, I remember thinking to myself, "This is it sounds so bad that I kind of want to keep listening." Yeah, yeah, but you're that, alone. Yeah, in that. But it, so there, yeah, it takes on a train, a bit of a train wreck yeah. style vibe, which that's not what you want with our boys with Metallica. You don't. Luckily, in my opinion, you've only gotten it one time on one record. So, right. and a lot of times, like when something sounds bad, I'll try to hone in on the different instruments and try to figure out what it is and when i was sitting in the back of the car i was like well, we know the drums are terrible right and then i was like what about these guitars it's like these guitars nope. are terrible the vocals the aren't vocals not. are terrible it the songs are terrible <laughs> it's really bad it really it's really is. bad yeah it's really bad but you know we we had fun listening to it and kind of commenting on all these things we per- flushed it out <laughs> we flushed it out we flushed it out um, we weren't living or lying it <laughs> we were living it, not lying it. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, man. oh, the terrible wisdom of saying well, anger. I wasn't in anger with you for playing it. Uh, no, madly? No. No, not madly. No, no, no. Of course not. I'm glad we made it back alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want my lifestyle to determine my death <laughs> Well, our lives were all within Ethan's hands. That's right. Yeah. That's true. And I wish I had more uh, jokes from that record. I can't really remember any of the lyrics. Yeah, well, because you have because we don't we don't like it. We don't <laughs> well, it. I mean, I feel like I never got respect. <clears throat> this trip, no, you don't remember this trip song? was as sweet as it gets, guys. How sweet are you, though? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. Okay, moving. I'm getting a bit of an unnamed feeling here. <laughs> I think I need to purify myself by moving on. So. I think also what made the trip go by fast was that we were well. A, we like each other, so that mm-hmm. was fun. That definitely the hang helps. was fun when Paul was awake, and uh, <laughs> the hang was giving who was asleep too because we were just film, filming Paul. Um, but then we're also excited to get to Hockey Town to do the second episode, and we're excited because we're going to see Metallica. Yeah. The trip to the thing Very is always awesome. better than the trip away from the thing. True, yeah. true. Um, but it, it was cool. Like once we, you know, to, to preface about Hockey Town, Clint had taken it upon himself. Through the suggestion of a few guys who emailed us, TJ, TJ yeah, yeah. Um, he recommended Hockey Town. Clint reached out and kind of tell that story a little bit because you reached out and talked to the manager and then the owner, right? Yeah. So I ca- I cold called Hockey Town Cafe. I was uh, on a on a tour bus traveling somewhere, and uh, it, that was a funny call to make because when you, when you finally so I called, couldn't get a manager. Hey, can I speak to the manager, the owner? That's never good when you're on that other end, so, right? Because I think just maybe like a. Um, what do they call the people who get you to your seat? One of my Maitre d'. A server? A server. What, no, the hostess. Oh, the hostess. Hostess host. answers the phone. Yeah. Hey, can I talk to your manager? She sounded pretty skeptical. Uh, I had to call back and say, because she sent me this voicemail, some shit. It's like, hey, I know this sounds weird, but I, I'd really like to talk to the owner or manager. Finally, go to this, hey, dude, just hear me out. I run the... <laughs> I run a podcast. Is that how you started it? He's like, uh, thanks, thanks for calling Hockey Town. Hear me out. <laughs> yeah, I, I said something like that right at the top. Yeah. Hey, man, I know this is going to sound weird. My name's Clint Wells. I run a podcast with my friend Ethan in Nashville. Uh, we're coming up to see... I was like, are you aware that Metallica's playing across the street? Because this bar is right... That We right were able to walk yeah. right there yeah. from the show. Yeah, we were aware of the show. And I said, well, we do a podcast. We're, you know, I was like, we're not like huge or anything, but we have legit. we have a legit podcast. Would you be interested in hosting it? And he was like, well, the someone, I can't make the decision. It sounds interesting. The guy you need to talk to is actually out of town. <clears throat> so I don't know the dude's on vacation. I don't want to disturb him. Maybe could I email him? I don't want to call him or anything. 
He's like, tell you what, let me get you in touch with the owner of the bar who also owns the stadium. Wow. No big deal. uh, That sounds good. I'll I'll do that. I think that'll work. (laughs) And I don't know if I did ever talk to that guy, because then what happened was Jonathan called me. Yeah. They said, hey, he said, we'll call you back. And I said, hey, man, are you really going to call me? Like, just be straight up. Are you really going to call me back? Because I have a few other options, and we need to get this taken care of today. Right. He was like, no, I think it sounds good. I think, you know, I'm going to tell Jonathan he'll call you back. Jonathan, who ended up being our point man. Yeah, Jonathan was awesome. Super awesome. Who you heard on the last episode. Call, he did call me back. He said he checked it out, and he, he said they were pretty excited about it. They had they had said they had a roof bar that they might put us up on. They ended up putting us right inside the doorway. Like right when you walk great. in, yeah. people saw us. I mean, it was awesome. They had a they had kind of a they let us use this display case. Uh, he was really cool, man. Like <clears throat> I had we had a bunch of koozies. I had a whole box of them. He let me walk around while people were eating. He was like, "Don't linger at the tables, but yeah, you can give out koozies," which I did. That's awesome. If any of you guys know me, uh, I'm I would say severely misanthropic person. Yeah. I don't like people that much. But <laughs> hey, guys, we're a podcast. You ever heard of us? No, have to take a koozie. Yeah, you came alive. Dude. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we kind of, we went straight into like you know like 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 a radio host guys. Yeah, we like, did. I mean, the second you were doing that, people were walking up to me and Paul, like asking what this was and right. if they could get some free shit. And we, I mean, I went straight, it was almost like when, you know, touring with my old band, like being at the merch booth, like t- talking to people totally, about yeah. stuff. It, I went right into just that. Just hyping it up. Yeah, man. Uh, and, and he, Jonathan even, I, I had the idea of like, can I just go give all the bartenders a bunch of these? Anytime anyone orders a beer, put it in a Metal Up Your Podcast koozie. Yeah. And he was so, he was like, yeah, man, let me go, go give them. You Dude, know, that's like, awesome. So cool. Yeah. Thank, thank you to really Jonathan. Cool. Man, he really, really made that, that afternoon special for us. And so we, let so us yeah. park behind the building for free. And- so, yeah. So. We had all this sort of lined up as we were coming into Detroit. I called Jonathan to see if he had a spot for us. They let us park right in the alley. Like, yep. the, one of the best parking spots at that show. We were, yeah, we parked across the street. Yeah, it was really close. So, that was cool. So, that was how, that. so I got the uh, idea to do Hockey Town Cafe from TJ Mower. Yeah. I didn't even call the other two or three places. That's awesome, man. Yeah, they really they really set us up. And, and, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. And I think if that, if we were to ever work out again where we went to Detroit to see Metallica again, like, I'm sure we could go back there and do it and... And next time I'm in Detroit, I'll probably just stop by there and say hi and grab a drink. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We almost ate there after the show. Yeah. We thought about it. Yeah. So, because... We'll we, get to that later, too. So... <laughs> You're so, like, this is way too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Bar food? Bar food? No, no, no. no, 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 no we no. can't do that. Sorry. It's 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 almost 1 a.m. We can't do that. Maybe we can go through your dumpster later so we yeah. can match what we've been putting <laughs> on our bodies. So, what are some of our brief takeaways from doing that episode? Obviously, you've heard it. It's on the last episode, but maybe let's talk about what it was like to do that. Well, I mean, I think I, I kind of touched on a little bit, like getting into that mode of almost like you're selling something and promoting something as we were. Um, we were having to be pretty outgoing, very outgoing. And I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm an outgoing person. I can kind of talk to anybody. Like you know, I, I probably should have been the one to go walk around with a box, but you killed it, and you you came alive, like Paul said, and and we were we kind of had no choice but to be engaging with people. Like people yeah. came up right away or asking questions. They saw our logo. They saw that big Metallica M or like, what is this? I mean, you know, if, you know, if I didn't know our podcast, I might think, well, maybe they're with the band. Maybe right. they're like, maybe like they're the band's official. Hey guys, thing. what is this? Uh, we're Metallica. Yeah. We're Metallica. Oh, that reminds me when we were at a gas station at a gas stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause we were all kind of decked out in our gear. We all had, even had battle vests on. Paul had like a, what was that? Like a wool? It was. <laughs> I made mine in the, in the world. middle of winter, not knowing that this was, like was going to happen. Army green wool jacket. Was it some... was a one hundred percent wool army, like from World War Two yeah. jacket. 
that with patches all over had it. my yeah my battle for real battle coat right from war yeah and and ethan and paul are like totally like have have uh tattoos all over them they have sleeves and all this i have long hair paul has dreads so we do look kind of like a we band. look like musicians we look like a band. a band yeah we look like a band right so we're in this gas station and i'm coming out of the restroom and uh one of the attendants of the gas station is like hey honey can i ask you a question I'm like yeah what's up are you guys in Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I said, do I look old enough to be in Metallica? She's like, well, I don't know. You guys just look, you look like you're in a band. I thought it might be Metallica. <laughs> you should have asked, do I look rich enough to be in Metallica? Yeah, no shit. yeah, exactly. When do you think the last time one of those dudes has been in a pilot? Or a 90s forerunner? A hundred years ago. Yeah, minimum. it's probably been at least a hundred years. <laughs> But I just thought that was funny because we were also kind of in the middle, you know, middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, yeah we're Metallica hanging out in the Forerunner on the way to our show in Detroit tonight. <laughs> this is how we get ourselves to the show. <laughs> I don't remember why I brought that up. Because uh, you made a joke about us talking to people at the bar and oh, saying yeah, we're Metallica. Yeah. What, yeah, what is this podcast? Oh, we're this Metallica. Yeah, we are Metallica. Uh, my name is Lars. But who knows what some people thought? They didn't you know, already know, like, you know, people like Sarah and TJ and stuff. They already knew about us. People walking in off the street, they're going to the show, they come in to grab some food and a drink, and they're like, wait, what is this? There's right. like the Metallica M right there. Is this like an official thing? And and people would walk up, and I thought it was really cool. People were, were, were fairly engaging and stuff, and some people we had to kind of pry over to, to be a guest well, on the they, show. They were understandably maybe squeamish about being on, on a microphone. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I understand. But, we, man, we, we got a couple. One of my favorites was uh, uh, there was this couple and, and uh, their two friends, and uh, they both had Metallica shirts on. And we're like, hey, come on over and talk to us about Metallica. And they're both shaking. They're like, no, 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 no. We're not talking to you guys. Then their friend, I think her name was Lee. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. She walks over, shows me this photo from their very first date, which was Metallica in 89. And they had a photo of that next to a photo from that day wearing the same shirts. Very cool. And it was like their 20th show or something together. It was really cool. Really cool. Uh, Chances of that ever happening with my wife, 0.0%. I mean, my wife has seen Metallica with me, but I don't know. Actually, I do know she didn't really enjoy it. She went because it was my birthday. But like the, sharing the passion for the band that equally. Yeah, over that's, that that's not going to be any of our, our wives. But, I can't even get my wife to watch a show with me. <laughs> Same. Have you have your wife seen some kind of monster? Uh, no. I bet I could probably get my wife to watch it if she. Here's how I'd have to sell that to her. It's really funny. Just watch the first 15 minutes. If you don't like what's happening, you can split. Yeah. yeah. But I think the first 15 minutes should be in. I, yeah. feel, I feel like my wife, being someone who is not a fan of Metallica, who for the most part isn't really into metal, I feel like she might just find it annoying. Like Even though it is like this beautiful train wreck, mm-hmm. I think she might just be, eh, I don't want to watch these guys. You know? yeah. But who knows? I'll try I don't want to watch Lars Ulrich with his bleach blonde dyed hair. <laughs> <laughs> Selling art for $7 million. Oh, God. He left the fucking band. <laughs> what does anyone get? That's my Lars. Oh, I can't wait to do that episode. Um, can I be here for that one? I think the people have gonna, spoken. You can be here Yeah, we're just going to let you know when we're recording an episode over here, and then you can just show up if you, you want. Choose, like, or can Paul? I at least come watch it with you guys as you're preparing? Of course, yeah. yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um... What was what was one of your favorite parts Man, about Hockey Town? There was a number of like big picture moments that were really special for me, and I'm really thankful to you guys that you invited me. Like as a friend watching you guys 
be legitimate like podcast hosts talking to fans and th- watching the interaction between uh you guys like you two yourselves becoming this professional like legit thing just made me so happy sweet hell yeah it, it really had this feeling of like something's happening with this podcast you know that's cool i think that's why i don't remember who it was said he he knows he can feel within the next two years lars will be on the right yeah but uh that was a, a cool you know just a cool friend moment for me one big revelation i had is I did not realize how many people have no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You you guys were like literally grabbing people's phones and showing them yeah. the podcast app. I had I had a woman, uh, not, she didn't know what a podcast was. I said, well, you have an app on your phone where you can download them. She's like, no, I don't. I go, may I see your phone real quick? She's it's like, right sure. next to the U2 record. <gasps> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should just do go full U2 and just everyone who buys hardwired from now on gets the podcast on yeah, their phone. Exactly. <laughs> But I walked over and grabbed her phone and showed her what it was. She was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, if you go here, you can search for anything you're interested in, anything. If you're into cooking, if you're into cars, something, yeah. there's going to be a podcast about it. If you're into Hulk Hogan, you can find a podcast Exactly. Um, yeah, you guys were like, uh, hey there, do you, do you guys do podcasts? And the, you know... 90% of the people that you ask that to are like, yeah, what's a podcast? What's a podcast? Oh, I think I've heard of that. You know? Yeah, so I, it, it's fine. I mean, like, you know. Before I got into podcasts, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like it's such a popular thing now, just the the world of podcasting. But at any rate, you know, we just kind of had to explain to people like, hey, this is kind of like a radio show, but it's not live. Well, another funny thing that kept happening is as they were taking all of our stuff that says metal up your podcast, they're saying, what is it called again? Right. Yeah. With a koozie in the hand that says. I think you can hear me saying somewhere on the show, like, it's called what all these things say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just go Google what all these things you just took says. Yeah, but you know what's cool is even if ten percent of the people that took a koozie or a pick or whatever find the podcast, then it's, that's worth it right there. I, I agree, you know? and I I don't think it would have been as uh, I don't think it would have been as smooth of a deal if we hadn't have been able to give that stuff away. Yeah, I think, I think so us too, being yeah. able to say, hey. Take take a sticker, take a koozie. Even if you don't yeah. know what our show is, keep your beer cold or whatever. I agree. Yeah, it was that was really good. Yeah, I, I think also, and that would be impossible without our patrons. We yeah. wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, thank you, patrons. That was that was huge. And, you know, and to eighty five supply for printing all that stuff. Show. One other thing that was really just something I hadn't thought of before. This being my first shows, the range of Metallica fans in age. Oh yeah, you know families, man. We oh, talked yeah. to kids. We talked to one real special kid in particular. Named Kindlin that we'll talk about later, but yeah, yeah, dad's was, bringing their it's kids a generational, and, yeah, yeah. Thing. When there was those, those other three girls that were all mm-hmm. sisters that yep. probably were age what seven to eleven, maybe yeah. seven, seven to ten, to 11, yeah. And uh, they all had their little battle jackets on, yep. and what blew my mind, we were commenting on their on their patches and stuff, and I was like, oh, I love that whatever Dio patch or whatever it was, and she was like. Oh yeah, we've been to all these shows. Right. They earned those patches. They earned those patches. Like they, like I, I looked at the back of their jackets. One girl had an Iron Maiden back patch on. I'm like these, and that's when we started kind of like teasing her dad what a hero he was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that kind of stuff was so cool to me to see these kids that like should be listening to like Taylor Swift and stuff, right? Are listening to Metallica, and not only that, their dad is bringing them to the yeah. show. And maybe they're you know maybe they're listening to Taylor Swift and Metallica. Probably. That's cool. Which is which is which is great, I yeah. think. Oh yeah. 
it's really cool man it was a really fun thing it's I, a hope, fun, yeah. I hope we can i hope we can do it again yeah well we've we've, we've talked about it on on previous episodes doing a live event much like that in nashville mm-hmm. um at the basement to talk to grimy about that whole release and stuff i think this was just a nice warm-up to that like yeah. now we know what to kind of to expect like what we could do differently things like that and uh yeah I, I think we're i would like to do something like that before the year is over all right yeah you heard it here first folks yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's do it tomorrow all right tomorrow well i'm, I'm leaving town again in like five days so we gotta know, do it tomorrow man, the, the great traveler you're busy man i am man after this next run but it's about a month i'll be home for a, a whole month cool we'll actually be able to do four episodes here or we got to do them at a uh, hq2 yeah my new studio yeah i gotta come over there and record you some. could come to my house and we could do it in your car in hq3 <laughs> or or yeah hq3 is the forerunner I, I keep saying our like, i'm not inviting myself to be on future episodes you don't I have just to want everybody you're in. To know that. yeah you don't have to it's just like don't knock on my door anymore man just walk in <laughs> come on in man are, Help, there's plenty of pizza in the fridge for you y'all are doing a podcast and i just walk in i'm like hey nobody called me Nobody called Guys, me. I've been waiting in the driveway. I for saw it on six Instagram. Days. Jeez. And out there with Hulk. <laughs> Hot out here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk, so, why won't they let you back in? They keep keep kicking you. Well, out. brother, let me tell you something. It's like this. <laughs> That's all I got for now. Um, okay. So moving on, man. So we so we did the hockey town stuff. So we kind of eclipsed kind of when doors opened and people yeah. were getting pretty anxious to get who had GA. To go ahead and get over there. <clears throat> it was nice this time around because, uh, well, I don't know. It was like for, for Philly, you were kind of hooked up. But for yeah. Brad and I, when we went to the St. Louis show, we were real. St- he had a whiplash experience to get to. I was real stressed about getting in. Right. This time around, we were able to like really take it easy. Because yeah. yeah so- we weren't as interested in seeing the openers. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we got there. We got there. I think when Volbeat was finishing, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, when we got to the stadium. Yeah, yep. and uh, basically how how we got in, you know, I think either way, we you know, if we if we didn't have any kind of hookup or something, we would have just bought tickets because you know we, mm-hmm. ha- we this is the one show we could all go to together. But uh, fortunately, a couple guys, a guy that I've toured with, and another guy that we've met through another touring friend. Uh, work for the band. One guy does, does he's one of the pyro guys. Um, Jason uh, does like camera work, so he's he's rolling one of those cameras that you're seeing on on the big screen. I think yeah, I think the I think the camera he's in charge of is the one above Lars, right? Uh, he or maybe not. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. No, I think he controls one of the ones out front. Okay. Either way, uh, so J- so just so we get the names right, because we're going to be talking about these two dudes. Jason is the camera operator. Our yeah. friend Matt is with the pyro team. Yeah, he's with the pyro team. Um, Matt is also a listener of the podcast. I originally met him in Philly uh, through our friend, our mutual friend Wes, and uh, he, both really awesome dudes. And can't think, th- can't thank them enough for yeah. the royal treatment. Uh, Jason got us some passes. Uh, met him, met him, kind of back by the loading dock, by the buses and trucks. Walked us down, kind of walked us around the stage, gave us a bit of a tour, and then that, and then Matt met up with us at that point too. We were basically we were backstage. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, we we saw the signs for the tuning room and and catering. We didn't see the band or anything, but like we saw Lars's drum tech. I we were like I was kind of nerding out. I saw the girl that videos Lars. Like, Is that the girl that videos Lars? Yeah. Uh, saw Big Mick. We saw Big Mick. Yeah. And then we, they kind of walked us to right behind the stage, and. We got all kinds of cool info from Jason and Matt about the the production. I didn't know this. They 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 actually have three stages. Yes, I thought they only had two, but so they're they have three rotating stages that they're building in the cities ahead of where they're yep. traveling yep. to. And I guess I guess the the <clears throat> the few things that uh, stay with each state or, or stay with the actual 
official tour dates is mm-hmm. like Pyro, obviously Backline, right. uh, the band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do we need I the band was, for this run? I thought there was three Metallicas, <laughs> but apparently there's only one. Crap. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, uh, the, the main, that stage setup that if you've seen it live, it's, it's no joke. It's it, huge. And I it mean, was a trip to be back there seeing it and just being kind of talked through. At one point they were showing us the tubes that the, that the gas goes through. The yeah. Propane. Yeah, it's li- it's liquid propane. And liquid what's propane. cool about that is, I guess legally you can't travel with that stuff, so they have to drop ship yeah, these city. gigantic yeah. propane tanks to every city. They were massive too. They were they're, massive. they're in these huge uh, what are called set carts. It's just basically a, a kind of a big cart. open box. It's made of iron or something, so it doesn't get damaged and stuff. But I mean, there's all these hoses coming off of it. Some of them are running up to the top of the the truss, the top of the stage where those the big fire cannons shoot off. Um, it's so I, I impressive. I also didn't know that uh, the the M and the A are bal- balloons. They're inflatable. Yeah, inflatable. Yeah, I thought they were pieces of plastic or, but they're, I, they're yeah. Inflatable. I thought they were like big set pieces made from something that wasn't inflatable. Yeah. But then there's these two. Yeah, there's these two huge cases below the M and the A that they, they deflate it and it packs right down into that. Man, but I didn't. I didn't see that. You didn't see cool. those? Yeah, yeah. There's two big. I'd say they're about as big as something you put like a drum kit in. Okay. Um, like a, we'd call that like a trunk or something. But, and they um, just deflate into that. I'm thinking they deflate and they kind of gather them and yeah, fold yeah. them up properly, or whatever. But um, so then Jason had to split because he had some work to do, or he had to go eat. And Matt hung around with us for a while. Yeah. I had to go buy a shirt for a fan asked if I could buy them a shirt, a Detroit a Detroit specific shirt. So we went up to merch. Matt went with us. Oh wait, was this was this when Matt gave us the goodies? Uh, yeah. This is when Matt gave us mm-hmm. some goodies. Matt gave us some drumsticks from Lars. Yeah, it was the uh, one of them was a show stick, right? You got the one of them was a normal drumstick. It's a normal drumstick. One of them was James's Now That We're Dead stick, right? Uh, that one we ended up not taking because okay. it was just a blank white stick. Okay. The one that I got that's right back here is, is the one that Lars uses for the drum part. Very cool. The big, the big the drum part we're not fans of. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave us guitar picks. You guys, well, I already gotten picks the previous show from Matt, but he hooked you guys up with some Kirk picks. Now, Paul, can you describe Kirk's guitar pick? Because we were we got a kick out of that. Yeah, Kirk's guitar pick is Kirk in a guitar <laughs> pick. Like if you took his personality and put it, it's very small. <laughs> It it has this weird notch in it. Yeah, it's green. It's green. That makes sense. That it's green, just like that. It seems like a kind of a looks like ooze from yeah a ooze like a horror movie, movie color, you know. It, but it's like kind of a dainty pick. Oh yeah, dainty orphany pick. A dainty orphany pick. <laughs> it's very thick. It's a thick pick. Yeah, that was surprising. I thought it'd be a lot thinner. Just for I mean, a lot of those shredder guys have really thin picks. Yeah, thin strings. So it was just so nice for Matt to hook us up with so those cool, cool goodies. He yeah, had some stuff it's for very us cool. And- yeah, and then and even uh, after we kind of got our place at by front of house by Big Mick for the show, he had texted me before the show started and said, "Hey, come meet me by this spot over here, real quick." He handed me a set list, folded up. He's like, "Not sure if you want to look at this yet." And I was like, "Nope." So I folded it over again, put it in my pocket, went and watched the show. I didn't pull it out until the encore. So when we said bye to, we were saying bye to Matt and Jason. <clears throat> and I asked, so what we, the passes they got us were working passes. That's what they, they yeah. When you, when you, a show that big, there are all sorts of different levels of credentials. We all know this, but we had the working one, which I guess it was like yeah. local crew had those kinds of passes and stuff. W- working is essentially you're, you're, you're not traveling with the tour. Right. They you're hired s- for that day. You're hired for that day. So like a lot of times uh, when you're leaving a big show like that, when the lights come back on, you'll all of a sudden see a ton of people kind of come out from backstage and start tearing down stuff, moving cases, wrapping up cables, all that stuff. 
they're just local people hired for the day that show up at the end of the night. They're there in the morning for load in and they show up at the end of the night. So those are the passes we had. So I asked Matt, I said, Matt, will these passes get us into the snake pit? And he said, they might. He said, technically they can. It just depends on the local security. Right. So he was like, you can try it if you want. And so, of course, we're going to try it. Yeah, we have to try it. So from from touring forever, it's pretty much common knowledge that you can get into places you shouldn't be as long as you look like you belong there. Correct. Yep. That's probably the biggest thing you can do is just look cool. Yeah. And not cool like, like hey, I'm cool. Look look com- composed. <laughs> well, look. Not like cool. Well, with, hey, I'm cool. With someone hey, like I'm working cool. passes, like looking like you're you're doing a job. You belong and, there. So. Yeah. To get into the snake pit, you you go in at the very end of uh, I don't even know how to describe that. It's a very right or left it's side. The two sides of the, the of general admission, right? yeah. And they have a guy there, and then they have a guy right in the entrance of the snake pit. Walk up. Uh, so Paul and uh, Ethan are behind me, and I tell the dude, "Be cool. Everyone look cool." But they know what to do. They look cool. We have our <laughs> so working cool. passes. <laughs> yeah, we're cool. We were like three Fonzies walking. Hey man, you let me in there. We're cool, man. I got nothing on that. Okay. <laughs> so the first guy, I said, hey, man, that's the point of the working pass. He immediately lets us go. Oh, yeah. The first two was like, yeah, come so on. So I thought, and I, and I We're in. dumbly thought, oh, we are that fucking That was too in. easy. Well, we are. In, our, in, in our defense, right where that security guard was, was a big sign that says snake pit entrance. So we're, we thought this is the entrance, and we walk around front, and we're just there. Well, yeah. And I just, I remember I was still ahead. And you have to walk by all the fans that are already on the rail. Yeah. And I was kind of looking at them like, that's Yeah, right, what's up? We're going to the snake pit. You know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going where you're not. I'm hiss, going hiss. To that snake pit. So I'm snake pitting it up. Yeah, you know man. where you are? You're, you're in general admission, and I'm in the snake pit. <laughs> <laughs> you're in general admission, So we baby. get to the, the last b- Zelda boss you have to beat to get into the snake pit. Yeah, we're looking for that Triforce, man. And I, I didn't even say anything to him. That's how cool I was trying to play it. I just pointed at my working pass and tried to walk right by him. And he's like, ah, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, he stopped you so fast. And then fast. he immediately saw me. He was like, nope, no working passes. Nope. And I could tell I could tell by his constitution that we were not getting into that. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I, me and Paul saw this happening from behind behind Clint, and we're like, it's not happening. I immediately just turned so around. So then we had to yeah. do the walk of shame back by <laughs> all the people on the rail. It was a long walk. But here's my favorite part is, <laughs> is Clint tells us beforehand, if we don't get in, we walk back. It's going to be a, a walk of shame. I'm going to pretend like I'm on my phone. Yeah, I, did a, I took a fake phone call. <laughs> I forgot about that. And while he's doing that, I'm trying to talk to him about some things. So clearly, he's not on his phone. You you really couldn't handle like strangers looking at you walking out it, of the It would the truly pit. amaze both of you if you knew how many times I take fake phone calls. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm super misanthropic. If I'm alone in a mall, I'm taking that fake phone call. But let me let me put it from their perspective. They're not even looking at you. Like they're looking up at it, at the stage. I'm a total narcissist, dude. This is all, <laughs> all delusions doing... of grandeur yeah. that they care about what's happening in my dumb life. All they're you doing just is thought all sixty thousand or however many people were like, "Ooh, well, well, burn, I, Clint." The people, the, the people, <laughs> that guy's a loser. Yeah, Clint sucks. Clint sucks. Well, yeah. here's what I would have thought. I see a guy walking by me. I'm on the rail. Dude's gonna snake. But for, here's some of my first thoughts. Dang, that guy's got the snake pit. And he's looking real, you know, cool, real proud that he's in the snake pit. Yeah. Then I watch him get turned on by security. I'm thinking, <laughs> uh-huh. now, he, now that guy's like, I'm on the rail. Where are you going now? Yeah, in reality, Paul's right. They're not paying attention to me. No, but what I they took probably that fake phone call. You did, yeah. man. And you know what I'm saying when I'm taking fake phone calls? 
Well, I'm taking another fake phone call again. This is what my I'm saying this. This is what my life's like. I have to take fake phone calls to feel normal in the world. <laughs> and then I do a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. What time? What time? I buy, what sell, time. trade. Buy, sell. Buy, sell. <laughs> well, uh, it was a bummer not to get in the snake pit, but we, we, we knew that there was a chance. Right. I feel like we just got our hopes up and we went to that first security guard and he was like, come on in, guys. Like, I couldn't believe it, dude. He was like, there... it, it was almost like we just came to his house for dinner. He was so excited to let I us know. in. Come on, it, in. we've been waiting for you. Yeah, it was really funny. I guess me being my my first Metallica show, you could have put me in the the last right. seat and I would have been fine. Oh yeah, you guys had this like it wasn't long. It was like one minute of oh man that sucks like downer moment right after we got tossed out. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, dudes, we're still we're right. we're like in general admission. We're gonna we can go wherever we want. Right. Yeah. But it was like, we're not in the snake pit. Man. So <laughs> this is the worst day of my life. Should we life. just go home? <laughs> uh, literally, literally, I'm going to die. I hate my podcast. Uh, I hate my dad, too. <laughs> so you're totally right. So we, so we decided if we couldn't do that, we would go to Big Mix Tent. Where usually it's the best. You're, we're the guys mixing the show. Yeah, I'm yeah. Here, so. That's where I go for almost any show I go to. Unless it's a band, I mean, I the show's poorly attended and I can get closer or something. But. Well, and it was, you know, the crowd wasn't very dense back there. So it was... It, there yeah, was, we had room to... We each had room to, like, kind of chill out. Oh, yeah. And we... I, I, mean, I we, had room to get flirted upon by some creepy girl. Oh, before we get to that, because I think you should tell that story. Super awkward. Before we went down there while Avenge was playing... We went up to like check out that shirt, and Paul was hungry. <laughs> oh yeah, this brings us back to fast food style. I just done four. two podcasts, man. I was so Paul's trying to. F- so Matt's kind of showing Ethan because since we're up where the seats are, Matt's showing Ethan where they because they put pyro in the seats back behind the. Yeah, seat. there's some uh, the flamethrower deals. Matt Paul, can Matt could text me and tell me what they're actually called. We'll call them flamethrower deals. Paul has seen a little Caesars. He's got his heart set on little Caesars. Oh yeah, <laughs> I go to buy us some. 800 kajillion dollar beers yeah literally the beers were two beers was 25 dollars wow. i couldn't believe it yeah and paul ha- had a pretty big that was a big portion size of they call it pizzas. you know a person personal pan pizza yeah. or whatever the thing was a, like a medium pizza yeah it, it was, was like yeah huge and you i took it all down he's eating it and he's going man this is the best pizza i've ever had man you <laughs> you took that down pretty quick I, the pizza was the highlight of my metallica show yeah <laughs> that was the highlight <laughs> did i discuss you guys at any point with no. my extreme gluttony no i you were trying to give that last piece away so you'd feel better yeah and we and were all like, weren't no, having we're cool. yeah, nobody wanted it and so you're like well i can't throw it away I, guess I'll eat it. I also was like i don't know what i'm getting into with this show yeah and i don't want to be in the middle of the show and be like god i'm gonna fall over because i'm so hungry yeah yeah i think you played it right yeah you played it right yeah just indulge because yourself. i got real i was starving yeah yeah when we left the show i was i was really hungry so um, we're so we're standing in front of big mick paul is just filled with pizza <laughs> so much pizza is and in, happy is in him he's happy and we're getting ready for it to hear to hear ecstasy and what does this lady say to you so uh this lady um i kind of just look back um where big mick is and this lady I'd say she's probably in her forties. She uh, she goes, hey, I like your jacket. I have on my back of my 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 vest. I have the one artwork that that back patch. I said, oh, thanks so much. And she goes, have you? She goes, have you been to all those shows? Uh, seen all those bands? I said, uh, pretty much. Other than like, I point to like one or two. Like one was the Clash. Like, mm-hmm. no, I never saw the Clash. I was right. like six years old and they broke up. And she then she gets like mad at me. She was like, but that's not the point. You have to see every band that's on your patch. I'm like, you know what? Like, 
Sorry, I, I didn't see the Clash when I was six or seven years old. Sorry, I didn't read your fucking fucked out rule book. Yeah, and as, she's, and as I'm like explaining this to her, all of a sudden she goes, "You're cute," and I was like, "I go what?" She's on a roller coaster, man. Yeah, oh yeah, she was definitely on a roller coaster. I was like, "What?" She goes, "You're cute." This dude behind her, <clears throat> they were together. I don't know if they were. I I hope they weren't boyfriend girlfriend, but they were definitely together. Is like right behind her, over her shoulder, doing like the blowjob sign to me, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, cool." Um. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and turn around and go back to my friends. Dude. Yeah, this is my cue to check, please. It was really awkward. And she was like, I'll see you later. I was like, nope, you won't. That's definitely, you're not going to see me ever again. I will say, being in the general mission, when I was in the snake pit for St. Louis, the whole pit was diehards. Yeah. Which is cool. That's its own flavor. Being out in GA was like, wow, there are a lot of stupid drunk people here there were people there yeah. just for the party oh yeah there sure. were people that i i couldn't believe it i was really surprised i noticed a dude that was that was uh kind of with a group to our right the whole show that were they would kind of look interested uh on certain songs but they'd mostly be like taking video and selfies and then oh when, my gosh but then when enter salmon came on the last song they went fucking crazy yeah they maybe that's just, okay. Not everybody has to be, yeah, yeah, you that, know, totally. metal up your podcast. That, to me, it was kind of like there was those kind of people there that that like you know what they the Black Album was their thing. It was huge, and that's probably the only songs they know. It's a nostalgia thing. For them. Yeah, it's a nostalgia thing. Well, and you know, life's tough, and they they probably got babysitters and paid the money. Like I get it, you know. But yeah. the only thing I don't get is <clears throat> the guy we saw three different dudes that never even got to see Metallica because their friends had to take them out because they were already too <laughs> yeah. drunk. Yeah, like people like dudes being drug out with by their buddies, like dragging their feet. I'm like, that guy is that guy's not gonna remember even coming to the venue. Let That's alone. an expensive party, man. Yeah. There was a dude standing right in front of me who ended up having to leave before the show was over because this people he was with were too drunk. Yeah. He was kind of standing next to Paul but we it was we call we all kind of found our little zones. Yeah. Yeah. But he was in front of me, and he kept doing this move where, like, something badass would happen on stage, and he'd just hold his hand up <laughs> but, with his, with the palm of his hand facing towards my face, just waiting for me to high-five him. Like he, that, wasn't, he wasn't looking at like me. That was did your... you oblige? Oh, yeah. I did it about yeah. six times. Yeah. It, it looked like it was getting a little annoying after a while. It was. Yeah. Because he's a drunk idiot. Yeah. And then, and then I always sing, like, people have their different ways of going to shows. I usually sing along with the show. Sure, yeah. Sure. And I'd be singing Rome or Sabbath True. <laughs> the high five dude looked back and he was like, I hear you singing, man. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like a singer or something? I'm like, thanks, dude. But just, <laughs> it, it was surprising to look around and see like, wow, these people, a lot of these people are super drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are, I've noticed this in, in just the, you know, years of touring with Kings of Leon even like, there are people that, you know, you, guys like us have gone to shows for a long time, and we've played shows and gone on tour doing that. So by default, you just have to be at the show because that's your job. There are people out there, uh, and maybe people listening to this show right now, that th- that's like a once or twice a year thing for yep, them. Right. Like, let's I'm going to save up for the show. My right. favorite band's coming to town, and we're going to get a sitter. And, and I'm going to get gonna, hammered and have to leave before they. We're going to go on. fucking crazy, yeah. And sometimes they go a little too crazy, and before the show. Like I wanted, like the next morning, that guy woke up. Like one of the guys, Ugh, they got. Man, I don't even remember the Metallica show. No, he what? woke up and he goes, "Noise, noise." <laughs> hey, wait, man, I don't even remember if they played in her grand man. And his buddy's like, "Dude, last I had to drag night your was ass not out of noise. there." Noise. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, head doesn't was feel noise. Noise. No. <laughs> but what a bummer! The next morning, to wake up and be like, "Ah, oh, shit." Yeah. 
When did you drag me out of there? Uh, during Volbeat. Oh, Literally cool. Literally saying shit yeah. because you shit in the bed. If I was if, if I was the friend that had to drag his drunk friend out of there... I'd be pissed. Well, here's what I would do. Dude, this is not noise. I would go to the exit, and I would f- pull up Uber, go find a cab, and be like... I would still even throw some you know money in the, to the cab driver. Like, hey, man, here's his address. Get him home. I'm going back in. Yeah. Do whatever you want with him. <laughs> I mean... Here's 20 bucks. Do hey, man, you, you got drunk. I'm not going to let you spoil my night. Right. But, I think I would do that. Well, so, unfortunately, that was a very, very small percentage yeah, of yeah. what we saw. It was. It was yeah. I think it's it's cool that you know everybody's relationship to music is different. Yeah. And I talk about this all the time with my sister because she's not in music at all, but she there's certain bands that she likes or yeah. whatever. And it was just cool to see all across the board people that were as into Metallica as we are, more into Metallica mm-hmm. than oh, we yeah. are. Oh, yeah down to people that were just there to have a good time yeah. and see a band. Yeah, you know? yeah I mean, uh, God, there were some diehards there. I mean, we, we talked to a few people at Hockey Town that had seen the band up to what, what was the... 67. 67 times, one guy? I mean, since Well, do you remember what James said? This might be skipping, but uh, at one point he said, how many of you, this is your first Metallica oh, yeah. show? Mm-hmm. And like half half the stadium, you know, cheered. Yeah. And he goes... Now, how many of you have seen Metallica more than four times? And it was the other half. Yeah, it was crazy. And he goes, I think that says it all. And, you know, or some, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. that's the deal is like yeah. there's a whole new generation being turned on to this band because they have a Billboard album right now. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. And then there's people that have been with this band forever. Mm-hmm. And it just it speaks to like the greatness of. The brand of Metallica. Yeah, I it agree. does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like even bringing up the you know the, the those sisters, the little kids that were coming up to our, yeah. our booth. I mean, just so cool to see like families coming to a Metallica show. Well, and there were two kids we talked to. and We've tried to ask people what their favorite songs were and stuff. One of the kids were like, "What's your favorite Metallica song?" "Moth in the Flame." It's like, "Oh, that's so killer." Yeah. Another yeah. another little kid, "What's your favorite Metallica song?" Uh, Halo on Fire. Yeah. Like, whoa. Uh, I think one of the one of the more inebriated Sweet dudes we, we we talked to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a toss up between Invisible Kid and Purify. <laughs> Don't make me choose. There was one dude we talked to that was had definitely had some some drinks before he talked to us at at Hockey Town. We in I think we asked him what his favorite album was and he said one. one. <laughs> What's your favorite talk album? Oh, one. One. You, you guys are kind of like. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, but what about your favorite album? <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> Noise. 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 So, let's kind of just... So let's, let's skim the set list if here. If you've been following the set list, here's the deal. They're kind of playing the same set list. As we mentioned from our email from Dina, they have a few revolving slots. Yeah. So the, the, they played the same thing, except for about three or four songs. We can kind of go through it. I'm curious when the lights finally go to... Well, you know what's weird is when they first started, it wasn't completely dark yet. Yeah, that they, was kind of weird. The, the sun was on, still up. They yeah. went on early because we thought we might get some shitty weather. Yeah, and apparently... And it had been raining. It had been, it had been raining. raining. And apparently, uh, M. Shadows from Veg Sevenfold... Got butthurt, right? He got like hurt about... like They had to cut their set short, so Metallica could go on earlier... And like I don't I don't know exactly what happened, but I heard he well, said some stuff from stage. Yeah, can I deliver a message to him real quick? Yeah, this message is for him. Shadows complaining about his set being cut short. Fuck you! It is not your show. <laughs> Couldn't give true. a shit. You'd be grateful that you're opening up for Metallica. Yeah. in front of fifty thousand people. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what, butthead. To speak to that, I saw you two one time in Chicago and Kings of Leon was opening, and this was before uh, Only by the Night. Yeah. And uh, 
there was not one U2 fan that even gave two shits about uh, Kings of Leon. Yeah. Like to the point where I was almost, I felt bad for the band. Like no one is paying attention. And until, like they cheered more for U2's guitar tech who yeah. came out to, to <laughs> check. I've, I've been on that side of it. Yeah. But, but this, there were, there were people like literally digging watching a vid oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw people in Avenger shirts have and fans. stuff oh yeah I mean, no they're, 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 they're legit and they're so my point being be gracious that you're playing in front of 60,000 people or however yeah. many it was and yeah. they're and they actually care yeah well, and they're paying attention and here's what they're doing they're trying to avoid all these fans getting wet or if it starts lightning getting hurt yeah, yeah. they're trying to take care of fans they're the whole world isn't revolving around you like dumbass, you know, we we all understand that. Like, you have a certain set time, and that's what you're going to keep to every night. But there's circumstantial things that can that can come up when doing outdoor shows. But I wanted to play all of my songs, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You know, when he got kicked out of the Snake Pit, he pulled his phone out of his pocket. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, when, well, they're, when, they're, they're when, like, "Hey, we're cutting it short." He takes a fake phone call. Yeah, he's like, stage. "I can't hear you." Sorry, I'm on the phone. Yeah. They're not letting me sing all my songies <laughs> for this songies. one show. Man, I, you know, I, I don't know any of those Who do dudes. Who think I, we are? Nev- Volbeat. <laughs> <laughs> we're AX7. <laughs> tell, tell James Hetfield I have to sing all of my songs. You know, if I if I was in the the, the band that was direct support that night, and and uh, yeah. Um, you know, the band wants to go on early just because there's weather coming. I'd be like, sir, yes, sir. Right. I'm on this tour as, as an opening would, band. Yeah, and you know what's would be okay? For you to say to yourself, well, I'm disappointed because I think our set's really good and I, I, I don't know what to cut because we've truncated this set for the show. But I totally understand it because I'm a professional musician. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, but you know what I'm gonna. You know what's really cool to do? Getting on the fucking microphone and complaining about it. Yeah. You fuck. In front of the fans that are mostly here to see, oh, not you. I'm not a fan of that band, but I don't have problems with them or anything until something like this happens. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you. Hello. <laughs> Hello, AX7. <laughs> AX7. Is they, they really go well, by Well, doesn't that, that have, they abbreviate their name? Uh, yeah. Uh, Avenge yeah, Sevenfold. So. We're AX7. We have songs. <laughs> oh, we want a Grammy. So, Paul, what did you think when they started playing Exia Gold? That's because your first Metallica show, were you stoked? Were oh, you... yeah, definitely. I, I will say, like Ethan said, not that we could do anything about it, but it was, it was, I was bummed that it wasn't pitch black. Yeah. And that, yeah. You know, it was pretty bright out. <laughs> it, was, sun, it, it, was. it took about an hour it for did. the sun to go down. It did. Because yeah, they it, went on at 8.30. But, I mean, that's yeah. not a slag against Metallica. No, no, They're no, trying no. to keep... I Keep felt that way. Happy. I felt a, a little bummed that we weren't because you couldn't really see the screens as well. You could and, see, you could almost see through the screens. Yeah, like you could see buildings behind it. You know, oh, yeah. that's how they're designed. But you know, obviously, once the sun goes down, you can't see that stuff behind it. The the screens they really didn't come alive until it was pitch black. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'd say about it was it wasn't pitch black, but it was getting there about forty five minutes in the set where mm-hmm. it was like okay, this is it, yeah. You know. Which might I mean you know that that middle screen was glitchy for the first couple of tunes. It there was, was yeah. there, there was a bunch of panels out, but and probably half of one of those screens. Well, yeah. our, our friend Jason, who does a lot of video work uh, for the band, um, when I texted him earlier in the day, like, hey, we're wrapping up at Hockey Town, we're going to come over and meet you. He's like, cool. I'm in the middle of drying off a bunch of panels from because they had a bunch of rain during the day during setup and stuff. He so, said they were literally taking the panels down off the screen. Running them to the, the to the men's bathroom yeah. and 
putting them putting under, the, them hand under the hand drive. Yeah, and he said it worked. Yeah, you know, but you, you could definitely tell there was some glitching happening in the middle screen for the first maybe song. It's only like yeah, one song. It, it was, they they <clears throat> trouble sh- trouble trouble sh- chat. chat. Yeah, trouble <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah, trouble chat. That's past well. tense. Yeah. Um, so they opened up with a familiar hardwired into Atlas into For Whom the Bell Tolls. And then we got fuel in the first rotating slot. Yeah, that was very cool. I, I was having a blast. I didn't. Dude, get, I didn't get so that. Um, I got creeping death in Philadelphia, so yeah. it was really cool to see fuel and the the use of the fire cannons. So good. Was so bitch on that. How song. about how about being able to feel how hot they are? Yeah, I couldn't believe it, man. It's hot when oh, those things yeah. go off. I mean, and like we said, we were back by front of house by Big Mick. I mean, we were a good ways from the stage, yeah. and yeah. it was warm. Well, I think Matt. <clears throat> I think Matt told me that the people in the very worst seat can still feel those. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, God. I mean, imagine. Yeah, imagine being a some tech or something, and you're, you know, thirty feet from it, twenty feet from it. Well, when I saw him after the St. Louis show, he he looked as if he'd been under a waterfall. Yeah, and it was all sweat. Yeah, because of how close he was. Dude, the uh, the chorus of fuel has that double kick pedal going the whole time. It. I thought. That, that that pizza was gonna leave my body. <laughs> well, that's it the was, thing. It was really loud where we were. So loud, very and loud, very ba- bass heavy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm almost a little disappointed <clears throat> in myself that I didn't suggest us like moving over even ten feet. Right. Because I remember going to the Philly show and I was next to Big Mix Tent, and our front of house guy for Kings of Leon was with us, and he's like, "Hey, come over here real quick." He pays attention to you know obviously the mixes. He walks me over right in front of Big Mick in Philly, and he's in like he's like, "You see that difference in low end?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's." Mm. You know, and that's what we experienced in Detroit was that I felt like it was almost too much sub. Yeah. Too much low end kind of hitting in the chest a little bit. Yeah. Um, until until Robert played by himself and the bass sounded incredible. The bass, sound, bass was one of the best sounding things yeah. that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But anytime it went with like a floor tom or a kick drum, it oh, was man. like... It, it was hard. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it, it was. We should have all shat ourselves <laughs> that night. We should trouble shat. <laughs> So, the Unforgiven, which was great. That was great, yeah. And now we got the Now That We're Dead. They did a different version of the drum thing. It was, it was, sh- it was shorter. It was the transitions. The transitions were better. Were better. The, the addition of the snare drum for James was cool. And now James cool. has a snare. That was kind of cool. So, what did you think about that, Paul? Uh, now that it's dead. <laughs> now that it's dead. <laughs> Lame. Really? Yeah, I'm so not into it. The drums looked cool backstage before the show. We got to see, when we were backstage, we were like, holy shit, they're the yeah, drums. Yeah, right yeah the there. big drums, yeah. But man, it, like, there's nothing, especially me being in the studio all the time, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone is like, here, let me play it, and they hop on an instrument that they're not as, you yeah. can be like the world's greatest drummer and then pick up a guitar and it, you look like a, seven-year-old that yeah. just yeah. tried to play for the first time. So that was I've coming through that. for you? Ja- uh, James playing that snare that they've added, like, I feel like I could see the beads of sweat coming out of it. Right after he's just like shredded on guitar and yeah. it seems so effortless yeah. to have to concentrate that hard on a yeah. snare. Uh, it, uh, it was fine. I just Kirk looks like he's about to drop the drumsticks. Yeah. He looks very unsure of himself. Lars is having a blast because one thing I think Jason may have told us was that it's kind of that's it's kind of Lars's baby. baby. Yeah. yeah, it was his idea to do the big drum thing, and he's been gunning for it this whole time. So I think that's he, he's up there kind of looking like a conductor almost, you yeah. know. Um, but you know, I will say as, as much as I'm not really a fan of that drum circle thing, um, it was a lot shorter. Then went back into the song, you know, a lot faster than the last time I, I saw it. I thought it was better than St. Louis. It was better than Philly, but... The I'm, only redeeming thing that I could think of afterwards when I was kind of like, why Why is this happening? Is it kind of invites some crowd participation in, in a way that, like, 
you know, most of the night we're standing in awe of Metallica. And this yeah. was more of like, hey, let's all clap and hey together, you know. We're going to invite you all now to go get a beer. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless uh, they would have all given us little drums, you know, then, you know. That would, I don't know. It, it felt like, okay, this is a moment where we can engage the crowd and maybe they just haven't thought it out yeah. to whatever yeah. it should be. Yeah, yeah. What's funny about Lars kind of directing it is he's kind of pointing at everyone to, yeah. they're not looking at him. No, no, no. I they, think that's just his way of going like, I'm, I'm in charge. Well, they're not looking at him because they're terrified about. Because they're concentrating. Yeah. 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 Well, I think on those drums too, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw a photo of them and I think there's four, they're electronic. Yeah, there's right. four pads on each drum, I think. So the, there's different sounds yeah. triggered in those pads they're hitting. Wait, can we go back real quick? I forgot to say this. Uh, when they... Like I, I saw Lars walk up to the kit for when uh, they started Hardwired, mm-hmm. but everybody else appeared out of nowhere. They they come from uh, I've I've seen it in a video from the vantage point. Is there are these little I don't even know how to describe it. Like there's wings under the wings. stage where they walk downstairs, and it's like a inclined plane, and they wow. just walk right so up. So they and, and I think they can come and up from think, like on either side of Lars's kit, and also out on the catwalk. Every Dude, time it, James did a guitar change, he would you'd see him walk down. Gotcha. And I don't know if those things come like the hydraulic thing that you had to jump into i don't know if they come down and then come up when they're playing or if they're just always i think they're probably always down because okay. if something were to go wrong last minute out of the blue right you can't be like hang on a second it, i thought the same <laughs> yeah. when i saw them in st louis from the snake pit it looked as if they just magically appeared teleported yeah, which is great i mean if that's how it, it was pretty cool. awesome yeah it was great yeah because yeah, i mean right at the beginning of hardwired it's you know second lars comes in all of a sudden they're there it's like some david copperfield shit yeah so then we get Moth in the Flame Some and we Torben shit. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> we get Moth in the Flame and we got to see the dancing flame, although at this point it still was not fully dark. It was not fully dark. Uh you could see it. It looked cool. It looked cool. Look uh, did you hear what James said right before Moth in the Flame? What did he say? He said this song's about your cell phone. Oh basically. I didn't, I didn't hear that. And uh I, I he didn't come out and say it like that, but it, he was like, We all have these devices and you know, I can't remember exactly what he said. But then they started playing that song, and like no one got it because they all were holding up their oh, phones, oh, recording yeah. the deal. Like I took, I took a few photos from the show just so I could post them on the podcast, right. and social media, and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I straight up saw people watching the whole show through their phones. There's Dummies. some, there's, there's Dummies. entire concerts on someone's phone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember one time. It reminds me of a, a couple years ago. I saw Allison Chains at the Ryman here in Nashville. Uh, me and my friend Chris went, and there was a dude sitting next to me that was pretty drunk. And we're at the most one of the most beautiful venues, beautiful sounding venues in the world. And he's standing there and he's filming whatever song he loves. Finishes the song, sits down while everyone's standing up, and his phone's on full brightness. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And he's just staring at his phone, uploading it to YouTube. What a fucking idiot. And then the second it's uploaded, he'll like watch it and check it. And then he's done, he stands up, films another like song he likes. And I'm like, dude. What a waste. What yeah. a waste. I mean, I mean, I do whatever you want. You want to preserve live, memories a little bit, sure. Live however you want to live in the world. Totally. My thoughts are descriptive, not prescriptive, but what a fucking waste. In my in my opinion, I don't think there's anything wrong with snapping a couple of photos, a few video clips of a song you like. Maybe you want to share it with some friends that couldn't be there or something. Right. But when you got that thing up in front of your face, the whole show, I see it every, every time I go on the road. I mean, I'm on the side of the stage watching a King's Leon show every night. I see it. Every, yeah, well, the same person with their phone. It's up. a culture illness. I mean, oh, didn't that, someone behind us uh-uh. at the show, they were filming and had their flash on? 
Yes, Remember there that? was a dude behind us Because <laughs> that flash is going to make a big Oh, yeah, you yeah. really lighting up the stadium. Yeah. All it did stadium. was light up the back of my head. I remember seeing people's the back of people's heads light up next to me, and I was like, what the hell? And I turned around, and it's a guy just like, yeah, man, I'm getting my favorite song. I'm like, you have a light on? You idiot. Come on. <laughs> Well, why don't you just be there and listen to your favorite song and enjoy the moment? It's yeah. all moment stuff that we're losing. It's yeah, exactly. Cultural illness. We are sick, sick people. Uh, after Moth, we get Wherever May Roam, which I think just kicks ass. And mm-hmm. you know what? I, I feel like at this point in the set, was, I feel like <clears throat> you guys might agree with me on this. Up until here, I felt like they were a little loosey-goosey as a band. They were. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of having an off night, I felt, in the first, uh, first maybe third of the set. But once Rome hit, I felt like all of a sudden... Something happened and they really clicked. Yeah, yeah. I feel like overall the whole night I would give the, them a grade of a B. Yeah, and maybe even a B minus on that first half, which is totally fine. That's what happens in the real world with real bands that are playing real music that aren't playing tracks, <clears throat> right? And even a B minus night for Metallica is still one of the best shows I've ever seen. Sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. The song's so powerful. They're so powerful. It, it definitely seemed like Lars. It took him a while to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt like to me I noticed it on the Unforgiven because that's one of my favorite Black Album tracks. You know how uh, Bob Rock says, and he's like, "We need that, uh, that Lars, Lars backbeat. Ulrich backbeat." It was not there oh, in yeah. that song. It was definitely they, a forward beat. <laughs> well, they it, they were just playing it so fast, yeah. And then he would rush every fill into the next bar. Like, yeah. it almost seemed like get this song over. He with. He kept speeding it up. He he was he was doing too many fills on that song. I mean, yeah. he. he that song specifically needs a very simple drum part. Yeah, you know, do do what's on the record. It needs that backbeat. Exactly that Lars backbeat. There were, there were probably ten moments where we all kind of looked at each other. Where whatever. Yeah, there's some guitar stage, moments where we all kind of looked at each other like, ooh, okay. Ooh. And then uh, there was one moment where James's mic wasn't on. Oh, yeah. yeah, what was that? It was, yeah, it was like a uh, Grammy moment again. Uh, what song was I remember Because I remember I was saying, I was like, because Mike's not on, it's not working. Yeah. Which, to to every everyone that works in their crew's defense on this time, there are like, how many vocal mics on stage? There's probably six. Probably six more. Or seven. And they can't just leave all those open. They have one center, two on stage, left and stage right, and then they have... Two on the, in the middle of the snake pit. And then one in the center of yeah. the snake pit. Okay, so six. Was that six? Dina, we love to Dina, get her friend you, Dina. You know to... and let us know how many that how many <laughs> yeah. microphones that is. Yeah. Mate, can you turn that into a chart, please? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not leaving all those microphones open like you said, because then there'd be way too much noise coming no, through. There's, yeah. there's someone that has to watch. Yeah, I mean that's Big Mick essentially. I'm sure he's got a monitor back there watching the show. Like, I noticed when I look back at Big Mick, he's got an assistant right next to him. I think he has him. an yeah. assistant. Yeah, I think it's a dude probably who has. So his it was hands... definitely that guy's fault, not Big Mick. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that guy's fired for sure. Um, so. Paul got to experience after, so we have Rome, Halo on Fire, and then Paul got to experience the Kirk and Rob doodle. <laughs> now, now, what they're doing for their doodle is this, and then we'll then we'll talk about what we think. Yeah. They do an I Disappear jam. With just them. And I gotta say, Rob's bass sounds great in it. It sounds like a drum kit almost. Then Rob plays Anesthesia, yeah. and it's great. But this I Disappeared doodle well can we talk Dude. about what kirk did before they went into oh, i disappear what, what did he play he Was played she? the guitar line to freak out to freak out lay freak yeah lay freak because i guess you know we're in you know detroit playing it on an esp heavy metal guitar with, with his clean... the worst clean tone and and he really didn't do it that well no no no, no. groove no pocket he, no he i think he thought this will be a really cool homage to to motown yeah and it was just kind of cringeworthy. I remember looking at you guys like, ooh, what's he doing? 
Well, the whole groove in that song and and most of the Motown stuff was all the rhythm section. Yeah, you know, he's just playing the little chink chinky chink 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 on top of that. Yeah, it was. It was a head scratcher. It was a little yeah. bit of a head scratcher, and then they went into the I disappear thing, which I I saw in Philly. I didn't care for. I, I I'll say this: I I almost prefer that over like Kirk doing like a five minute solo by himself. I don't really see. I disagree. Yeah, I do too. Okay. I to me do it tell. felt like well. <laughs> He makes this whole case in Some Kind of Monster about how he doesn't want to date himself by not playing solos. Yeah. And then, you know, here's his moment to doodle, and they're just playing power chords. So you feel like, I, am I saying angering him? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah, you totally okay. are. Okay. He needs to be up there just being Ingve. Here's what, you know, here's what whatever. He, he, it's totally the guitar hero moment that he should take for sure. That yeah. He, that he did for decades. Yeah, he did it for a long time. What I do like about it is I anytime they acknowledge that era, sure. like, hey, we actually wrote a cool song called I Disappear. We're never going to play it live again, but we'll do it in a jam. Yeah. Like, because they did Bleeding Me in a jam at yeah. one point. Like, I like the hat tip to the era. I like but the it's hat, a I like wasted solo. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the hat tip. I almost wish they would do something a little more creative where maybe they traded fours or something. Right. You know, where, you know, Kirk plays a cool lick, then Rob repeats it, things like that, rather than just playing the rhythm to I Disappear. That's and really the, all they're doing. Yeah. The, the cringeworthy part of it to me is when they would you stop and then look at the crowd like, yeah, that was yeah, that about that? And you gotta, yeah. you gotta wait for a whole stadium to start clapping, you know? Well, and then this is kind of what everyone kind of did. Woo, woo, yeah. woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. It's just a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah I think so. But, Paul, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this since Clint and I have both seen it. But his wah pedal sounded awesome. His wah pedal did sound awesome. Um, how did you feel watching Robert play Anesthesia with the footage of Cliff Burton on the screen? Dude, it was like... That was pretty cool. Hair on the back of my neck. Yeah. And he... he I mean, Trujillo kills he that. Murders yeah, it, he murders totally sure. does. Totally. And I don't know how this comes across, but it seems like he plays it in a way that like is so respectful. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's a good it's a good combo of respectful, paying homage to Cliff, and adds a couple of, of little Robertisms in there right. that make it cool as well. But he's pretty much playing it note for note. It yeah. was it was pretty much the opposite of what had just happened. It was like one of my favorite moments of the show, <laughs> yes, followed exactly, or one of my least favorite moments in the show, followed by I know. one of my favorites. Right, right. But yeah, going. I mean, after that, I mean, they're, they're kind of doing well. Motor Breath was the kill them all slot. Yeah. Um, Which I got to say, I, I got Whiplash at St. Louis. I liked Motor Breath more than Whiplash. I, I got Motor mm. Breath before in Philly, and it was just as cool at this show. It's really fun seeing a whole stadium get down to the old thrash. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, it's pretty so, pretty cool that so they're got, playing those. So we get that in the kill them all slot. Then we go through what is in the normal set list: uh, Sabbath True, One, Master of Puppets, Fade to Black. One was, I know they do that every night, but that was a highlight for me. Yeah. yeah. The video stuff. Oh, man. The video I showed great. my kids the uh, the skulls yeah. walking across the screen, and they were they, they were just like, what is this? You know? How cool to be if your kids, you got to bring your kids to that. I know. I was I said that to my wife, and she was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not bringing your like, But there were, in kids, fact, there were kids younger. In fact, I, as I was showing it, it was the next day, and it was right before bedtime. She's like, quit showing them that right before they go to bed. They're going to wake <laughs> up and have nightmares. <laughs> my my son, there's one one of the skeletons has like a, um, like, it's kind of, it looks to me like an old German war helmet that has the spike on the top or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And he just was like, rewind it, rewind it. He's like, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. 
Um, I think that video that video footage is so cool because it also pays homage to some of Pusshead's artwork. Mm-hmm. There's like the, the damage ink yeah. kind of skull in there yeah. with the bat in it. It's and it's, the band sounded phenomenal. Yeah, they sounded they they really did great. Why? Because I think James's clean tone is cool. It's usually kind of chorusy or fa- flangery. Yeah, and round and big. Why is Kirk so flat? It's very thin. I don't know. We've What's talked the- about this on a previous episode uh, with this clean tone man. It's just I, I don't get it, man. I mean, I, I wish that. I, I could be his tech and be like, "Hey, man, let me let me help you out here." I know I work for you, but here's my advice. Yeah, I think you should just change this a little bit. Or you'd think like Big Mick would be like, "Hey, man, that tone's not working." Well, we talked about this at some point that night. Uh, What if what if it's actually awesome where Kirk is? But it's something Big Mick is doing before we hear it in front of house. Maybe yeah, in Kirk's ears, it sounds unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like a metal zone pedal in Kirk's ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, they they, they destroyed one. It was awesome. And then um, Fade to Black, which I thought they played Fade to Black pretty well. Yeah, Fade to Black was good. Um, I love the end. The crowd starts singing the <clears throat> yeah. That part's fun. Um, now we had a pretty big moment here before Seek and Destroy. Okay, so, they've done this. They they do this most shows. Uh, yeah, at at the it, it, the front of the Snake Pit, a drum set comes up. Electronic and and they all come out and they kind of do their this is what it was like in the garage except all you people weren't here yeah, the screens weren't oh, here the screens weren't here ma and is that yeah, your James yeah, yeah that's exactly what James sounds like <laughs> I thought he was here for a second uh, <laughs> now James? while James is talking about Metallica's history and all this uh, and I'm not gonna lie at this point in the show I was feeling a little tired. I was getting a little tired. You didn't have any pizza, man. It was a long day for I us. Did, I passed on that Little Caesars. Yeah. We'd been up since four. We'd done two shows. Yeah, I was We'd tired seen too. mostly a rock concert. So Lars brings up a little girl from the Snake Pit and puts her on his drum kit, which, you know, I have a kid that's, I have a three year old daughter. So I'm thinking, oh, this is cute. It's cute. And then Paul's like, look, dudes, look. Dudes, this it's, was, oh my gosh. It's a girl that we'd met at Hockey Town. We gave her a sticker. Kendallin, yeah. Kendallin. She immediately puts it on her battle vest, the front of it. Yeah. Paul's like, look, dudes, and on the fucking Jumbotron screens is Kindlin with our logo sticker. And it was huge. It's the biggest your logo will ever be. It's a, it's a, it's a, the camera zoomed in on Kindlin, which made our logo probably about 15 feet tall Yeah, on the <laughs> Megatron. I mean, we were like high-fiving and hugging. Oh, and I was like, they're like, get a picture, get a picture. I was trying to get my phone out so my fast. My jaw was on the floor, man. You guys came alive, man. It was so cool I was, I was like... I was shouting the little podcast that could. Yeah. <laughs> it was pr- it was pretty awesome, dude. That was the moment where I was like, in my head, it was like these guys will interview Metallica before this is over. I hope so, man. I mean, do you think at that point we talked about earlier about Lars being in, very in touch with anything Metallica? Do you think at some point he looked over and was like, "What is that logo on her?" I don't know. You know, you know, I, there's so- a lot going on down there. I don't know if he. Well, yeah. so I don't have, know if you could get that focused in. On. So her yeah. dad was a guy named Aaron, who's now a friend of the show. He was the dude who's been to 67 shows. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So we're going to have him back on. Because so, my wife asked me, she said, do you think that they plan to do that? Or that he just grab, grabbed this kid's daughter? I could see it being either. Yeah, yeah it could be crazy. either, yeah. You, you know, you bring your daughter to the show tonight, like, we'll bring her up during Seek and Destroy. Because they get pit passes at every show. Yeah. So they, it was really cute, even aside from the amazingness that our logo was on her jacket. He let her hit the drums a little bit. Yeah, and then she counted off. And Seek she and counted destroy. off. Seek and destroy. She looked. There's. You can. And I posted this uh, video clip of it on our Instagram page and stuff like that. Uh, right after she counts it off, Lars has to pull her off the kit pretty quick. Yeah. 
And she's, there's, a, there's a slight little disappointing look in her face right when it happens. I think she. What? Where am I going? I think she thought, I'm not playing the song? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that was, I mean. <clears throat> what a cool thing for her, man. What a cool thing for us. Yeah. <laughs> for real. All man. thanks to Kendallin. And her dad, my gosh. I and mean, that's the girl that started off the last episode. Yeah, yeah if you heard the last episode, I, I made her say, Metal Up Your Podcast. And Just, if you could have told us when we were meeting Kendallin that that was going to happen. I would have like, covered no her in stickers. Way. I would have been like, hey, take 10 more stickers and put them on yourself. She dyed her hair purple. She was wearing these pink. Well, no, she wasn't the one who dyed her hair purple, was she? Yeah, that was her. She yeah, said she had purple, her streaks in purple her. for the pit. Yeah. What a yeah. cool thing, man. What a freaking cool thing. So then we get... For the encore, which by the way, I, I totally admire that they don't waste any time getting to the encore. We yep. we got, I think, what we were all hoping for for the yep. uh, the first encore slot, and we got fucking blackened. blackened. Amazing. Oh, uh, when that when that blackened intro started, I was like, oh, dude. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the, he he messed up the words a little bit. He did. But it it didn't even matter to me. Didn't bother me at there all. Was, that song is so powerful. At that point, nothing else so mattered. Good. You know what? I, I'm definitely not going to unforgive him. I mean, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was like a moth to a flame. Yeah. God, it was great, man. It's, you know, especially, it just made me want to just jump in the fire. Now I'm yeah. really stretching the joke here. Sorry. Well, he messed it up, but it's sad, but it's true. He messed it up, but it was yeah, okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the reason why it didn't matter for you is because he's a master of puppets. <laughs> Let's just do this for two and a half more hours. <laughs> yeah, we're only in an hour and 40 minutes right now. We can keep going. So Blackham was great, and then they end with what they've been ending every show with, but which I got to say was still super fun, Nothing Else Matters, and Sandman. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what, that Sandman with all the fireworks. Yep. Oh, what dude, What do I call yeah. them? Firecrackers. Firecrackers. Uh, way more fireworks than the St. Louis show. I don't know why yeah. they didn't get their shipment in or whatever, but dude, I, fireworks it, were amazing. Yeah, yeah they were great. Dude, nice job, Matt and and Pyro team. The point yep. in the song where, uh, well, I know on the on the video the eighteen wheeler hits the crib ooh, and he oh, goes the, ooh yeah. yeah that's when they did like the huge fireworks and I should I totally should have expected that but it it I didn't and yeah. it, it was like yeah I know. You know oh it's such a great ending to the show I mean even though it's their you know easily most popular song most well known song. It's still a great ender, man. You like I've heard that song thousands of times and I still get excited, it you was know. Great. It was great, man. And then they and then they start jamming on, on on the freight ends of sanity just for a little bit and then say thank you Detroit. And then those dudes stick around on stage and say goodbye to fans for like a good 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they do kind of do the same goodbye. It went for a while. I mean, we were like, kind of making our way out when they were saying goodbye and then Well, like Robert does his Everyone give me a ow, and yeah. then Kirk does his. I'm gonna try to say the f word as many times. Hundred times. Yeah. You know who was you the fucking MVP? Guys were fucking killer in fucking Detroit, man. Yeah. Yeah. He did the same thing in St. Louis. He did, did he? Okay. Like, you know who was the MVP of that? Was Lars. Oh yeah. What did he end up? He goes pointing out like details about he when goes, they played for there. For 32 years, we've been coming here. Yeah. And first of all, he was the last one. Yeah. And I was like, oh great, here we go. Yeah, yeah. He goes uh, for 32 years, we've been coming here. We've played, and he listed off like seven or eight venues. He said we played, played across the street at this. We yeah, played at Fox this arena and... a few times. And then he said, uh, probably in your mom's backyard at some point. And then he did like this really heartwarming, like, we love Detroit. Yeah. We're going to be back. And and I don't know. He kind of won me over me right too. then. I agree. Oh, yeah. Because when <laughs> Kirk and Rob did theirs, we were – so we because we had our working pass, we were able to get out 
through the a backstage, but yeah. we had yeah. to wait because they wanted to wait for the band members to get out and actually could see them through the thing on golf carts being yeah. taken out. And uh, yeah, when, when Kirk and Rob did their thing, we were like, lame. Yeah, just open the door and let us go. And then, <laughs> and, but then the Lars and it was pretty touching. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. It was a cool way to end the night. Yeah, it was great, man. I, I mean, I think overall it, the the trip was a success. Oh, uh, huge success! And 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 speaking of the rest of the trip, yeah. So we'll run through this real quick. We we leave the show. Um, we didn't get a chance to really say bye to Matt and Jason because they were obviously yeah, going right back into work. work and stuff. But I I texted them the next next morning and stuff like that. Um, we get back to the car. We start driving and. Uh, the freeway we need is 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 closed. Like the on ramp is closed. We already like right away. We, we're attempting to drive home that night. I knew we weren't going to make it. I knew we weren't either. Um, I think I was the only one that was like, "We could do this." <laughs> Until we ate Taco Bell, dude. Oh my god! So we have to take a long detour, and, and at first it's like, oh, "Should we get a hotel, guys?" Like, eh, I don't know. Let's find food first. We're all starving, right? Except for Paul, I still had some Little Caesars <laughs> grease trapped in his throat, and um. We get to this Taco Bell and we're just like just a bunch of high school kids just yeah, like high, in our Metallica shirts, monsters. just devouring this. It was all Metallica fans in there. Yeah, it was everybody it, from the show, which is crazy because we were like a good forty miles from Detroit. I think everyone had the exact same yeah. thought. Yeah, like, I'm gonna drive home tonight. I'm gonna let's drive get home. Some Taco oh Bell. wait, let's eat. When we saw that Taco Bell 24 hour sign on the freeway, we're like, oh, we're stopping. May as well have been heaven. I think we lasted another 20 minutes after Taco Bell and ended up getting a yeah, hotel. Yeah, I wonder why yeah. 2,500 calories later I started to get a little tie tie. Wait, it was so weird. I've, okay, I've waited for this exact moment for an hour and 43 minutes okay, now. Okay, okay. I'm ready to call you out on something, man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In the car ride on the way up, you talked about how you were a master of the Rubik's Cube. And then oh. we get to this hotel... Oh, and we're checking was, in, and there's a Rubik's and there's a cube. Rubik's cube sitting on we're the counter. Like, All right, homie, let's see it. But I pick it up, I hand it to you, and it wasn't regulation Rubik's. No, or no, whatever. no, 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 no. Hang and, on, but I you think, couldn't do it, dude. Listen, do it. I think could okay, not do it. Any cuber out there will agree with me. Cuber, <laughs> that it was basically like a, a best Western Rubik's cube, but the the basic deal was. The colors that should match didn't match, even in the Best Western logo. I've done a Rubik's Cube in uh, my friend's salon one time. It was like a Paul Mitchell one. And it took a while because the thing was all crusty and gross. But I did it. So I feel I like I'm Rubik's off, Cube on your I feel like I'm right off the hook. No, I don't I think you're right on the hook, dude. It was there. It you, was it would have been the perfect ending to a magical cause, day. Because oh, you know what he said in that episode? He goes, Did you know I could do a Rubik's Cube? Yeah. And oh I my go gosh. and I went, No. I said and you go, you asked him, is there like a pattern that you learn? And he goes, you just have to be smart. Yeah. You have to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> and you were real quick to give up some excuses when we got there. My gosh. It's not regulation. I, listen, I just ate Taco Bell. I was tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I could it do it in the morning. Day. We, man, so we all got one room. <laughs> we all Did we all sleep in our clothes? Oh, yeah. I just took my shoes off. That was about it. Shoes yeah, and too. socks. Whew. That... I was never so glad to get into a bed, dude. dude I was and so you know what? I got it, tired. I, I got it handed like middle of nowhere, Ohio, Best Western. We were actually in Bowling Green, Ohio. Yeah. My wife texted me in the morning and thought we were in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Like, oh, there he's forty five minutes from home. She's like, why didn't you just come all the way? I know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, thanks to the Best Western. Yeah, dude. Our, we didn't say too like we laid down and it was night bye. night night night. Oh yeah, we slept for about five hours. Got some coffee in the morning. Hit the road. And the rest of the drive home was great. I don't think we even listened to music. We just chatted the whole time. We just did. Like we, just buddies. we just chatted like friends. Just, just like we're real ass friends. 
Real ass friends? Real ass friends. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here this we go. A, that's a different podcast. That's my late night podcast. <laughs> Coming to you at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Vocal Hour with the ass men. Ass friends. <laughs> ass friends. The Vocal Hour. You reach Vocal Hour. Um, <laughs> Nothing but Judas Priest all night. Hell bent on leather. <laughs> um, but it was a great trip. It's a great trip. You know what? Like, mm. I, I, w- I walked into my house after dropping you guys off, and I was so beat. I laid on the couch the rest of the day. I was so tired. Yep. And my wife was like, I can't believe you guys just did that. And I was like, it was so worth it. Yeah. I'm so glad we did. It was a haul and a half, but it was so worth it. That kind of made it more special, though, that that it took so much out of us to do all that. Yeah. It's like, it's a memory that'll last a long time. The yeah, memory it, remains. The memory yeah. remains, man. Oh. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, everybody... I think that's a good place to uh, wrap this up. What do you say? Are we going to go out on noise? Noise. Noise. That dude did a weird one, the one I added on the end of the podcast. Noise. That's kind of what he did. You're doing a pretty good version of it. I'm ashamed that I'm doing that right now. Here's what we got coming up. I'll tell you guys some of this. We got episode on James Hetfield. We got yep. an episode on Saint Doo-Doo. Uh-oh. Episode on Some Kind of Monster. Uh, we've got Reload, and we've got Injustice for All. We have some heavy, heavy hitting episodes coming up. And we got the dude. Wait. Are we saving that? Uh, we can... I'll say this. Okay. We're technically confirmed. Yes. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just say it. <laughs> we got... I found this out not too long ago. Lars but he hit me up. Please welcome Lars Ulrich. <laughs> hey, guys. No, I had a friend uh, hit me up, and he was like, hey, you know the dude that mixed Master of Puppets lives in Nashville? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Michael Wagner. I was like, you're kidding, right? So I, I was like, if you, if you, you know, run into him because he said they would run into, into each other from time to time at some uh, rock and roll night at some bar. Uh, he never got back to me, and then it turns out I have some friends that are in this band in town that just recorded with them, and I ran into their drummer the other day, and I was like, hey, what about this dude Michael Wagner? Like, is he cool? And she's like, oh, he's the sweetest guy. Here's his email. Hit him up. So I emailed him. And within five minutes, he emailed back and said, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. So we're we we're, we have a tentative date planned to to interview him wow, about dude. his experience recording or uh, sorry mixing Master the dude of Puppets. Who mixed arguably the greatest metal record of all time of all time. And if you if you go on his site um, and and look at the other stuff he's done, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, he makes. I don't know if you ever were a Skid Row guy, but Slave to the Grind record. Yeah, uh, Skid Row's great. He makes that record. Wow. It's he's done a lot of cool stuff. Dawkins records. He's done maybe the last I don't know ten or so Yo Yo Ma records. <laughs> yeah, he, he and Yo Yo are circle, really man. tight. I can't wait to talk to him about that. But yeah, so that's another thing to look forward to. We'll be talking to Michael about his experience in mixing Master of Puppets. Yeah, go all good stuff. Go do the pick thing. Go leave us a positive review. Yeah, only takes a second. And thank goodness we're going to be real close to being done with it. Yep. What are you going to talk about at the end of episodes now? I don't know. My feelings, probably. Yeah, it'll be like a therapy session towards the end. Actually, if you're not here, we'll call you at the end of the episode. <laughs> All right, now just to wrap things up here before we go, Clint, tell us uh, for a couple of hours about your feelings. Well, um, well, I have feelings here. I've got a lot of them. You got some time? You know who wants to talk about their fucking feelings? The Finch Sevenfold lead singer. Yeah. I'm here to talk about my feelings because I just let me finish my set, my talk. <laughs> Dude, that, it might be that that band's having a tough time and they need to call in Phil. 
Let's get Phil Tal in there, man. Ooh, yeah, he could he could help them out with that short zone set it. thing. Remember when he did right zone it, it. <laughs> zone it, right dude? Have you ever paused like when they're coming in and out of scenes of some of the stuff that's written on the walls? The yeah, before, notes but stuff. I can't remember. But it's crazy. So oh, good. And I love when the guys in the band go up and see it and just like get pissed and just erase it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bob Rock's like that zone it stuff is really bothering me today. Yeah, <laughs> he's like because you can zone it or whatever. But in my experience, what gets a record made is a lot of hard work. That's so like, awesome. Fuck yeah, Bob. Yeah. You tell him. You tell Phil. So we got all that good stuff coming up. Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. Yep. And all the socials. You can go find us. You know where we're at. Whatever. Whatever. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the good people of Hockey Town Cafe, the good people of Detroit, everyone we encountered, made our experience. Thank you to Matt and Jason on the Metallica Matt crew. and Jason. Thank you, guys. And lastly, thank you to our special guest, Paul Moak. Noise. Noise. Uh, I do have one more thanks I meant to mention earlier. Brian Hort, who is a dude that reached out to me when I went to Philly, who is one of the merch guys from Metallica. He's a fan of my old band. Oh, he gave us some shirts. Hooked oh, us yes. up with some t-shirts. Thanks, yeah. Brian, for the shirt. Super Thank you, Brian. Awesome. Yeah. I wore mine the next day. I did, too. Yeah. Very cool. I felt that. I could feel it. <laughs> I didn't wear the, mine. Did you the, feel that? The, the, well, I was a little bit. Something. The cotton was almost too soft, but... <laughs> Anyways, well, on that note, we'll I'll see you guys later. Peace. <laughs> Adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs> <laughs>